Separate the weak from the opsa Leak parts of creep in Brooklyn Street It's on again, stop all that bickering beat Welcome to the first episode of Shots Fired Now, for the longest while, us four, we've been uh, basically trundling along with a midweek episode of the Wocast But in all honesty, I feel as though you guys, and that is Kairos, Chisanga and G Have helped me build this midweek show So I wanted to kind of like have a line in the sand As in, the Wocast is on a Sunday And Shots Fired Starring the stellar lineup of Chisanga. What's up? And G. Sac passe. Saboulé, isn't it? Naboulé, yeah. Naboulé, that's that's, that was so close. So close. (laughs) Good good job we rehearsed, isn't it? And Kairos. Hello, hello. Now that's the lineup. That's the weekly lineup uh, for Shots Fired, your irreverent look at all things mixed martial arts and um, a little bit of lifestyle thrown in there as well. But, you know, before we go um, into proceedings, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everybody um, who's actually been helping uh, along with this journey, not just to the fabulous three I've already mentioned, but to people like, for fuck's sake, Wido, who's actually um, penned the intro to the uh, Shots Fired episode which will be dropping next week but as well as that my man the myth the legend it's the other g <laughs> genesis, <laughs> genesis elijah was also engineering the uh, the beats and and the rhymes but also um the lady responsible for the labels and that is um we're also dropping some promotional whiskey entitled imaginatively titled shots fired in the coming weeks and that will be uh prizes i suppose awarded to those people who head to the comments section not just on twitter but via itunes as well give us a rating give us some stars give us some reviews what you think of shots fired and, and indeed what you think of the wokeast but mostly what you think of shots fired so without further ado i suppose it's time to actually um get shots fired the inaugural episode out of the starting blocks and uh, the talking points and interviews that we're going to be uh, covering today will come from Darren Stewart in interview, Luke Rockhold in interview and Javier Mendes in interview. Plus we're going to take a look ahead to UFC 252 but I've hogged the floor enough. Over to you G. Well fellas I think I got a good one to talk about this week. So I would like to discuss the possibility of having a male fighter come out as gay. And is that what is that going to do for the sport? Is it good or bad? And the reason why I brought this up is because as of lately, y'all, Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya have been setting it off with very sexually suggestive tweets that also have a smidgen of gay in them. And allow me to explain. Did y'all see the tweet that Paulo posted? He photoshopped a video of Israel Adesanya in like very long, luxurious weave. Um, he's also, yeah. <laughs> y'all, I don't understand his humor, but just hear me out. He's in a weave. Izzy is dancing all sexually suggestive. He's like, his tongue is out. And, and the smidgen of gay that I talked about is that Izzy is doing this for Paolo Costa. So that's why it's kind of weird. Like, my man, you not only put him in a dress, but you made him thirsty for you, which is just kind of (laughs) like gay, right? (laughs) So I don't understand his humor. 
Some folks like it, some folks don't. I thought it was strange, more power to you, Apollo. Then we go over to Izzy's side of things. And he posts two cartoon characters that are known to be male. Sorry, I don't know their names. I don't watch cartoons. But he posted two male cartoon characters having sex. And I'm just like, what is going on? So I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever. And then the next thing I know is that Izzy dyes his hair pink, and it looks so dope. And I'm sitting here watching this video like, yo, his hair is straight fire. But then I was like, hold up, what's up with the stars? Why is it like glitter all over the place? And why is his hairdresser behind him like, hey, we got that hot <laughs> shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, he's purposely trolling Yo, us. Yo, I'm just, I'm just looking at the guy do it now. Yeah. Like, the, the face that he does. Do you see oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the reason why I brought that up, fellas, is because Izzy is trolling us and Paolo. It's not, he did that on purpose. The glitter, the stars, mm-hmm. the gay man that you can assume is gay because he's behind him whipping that pink, um color the dye like hey and so he's doing that on purpose Paolo sees this video and then now he's like you know what this is just out out of control the man who had just put Izzy in a dress and kind of did sexually suggestive stuff to Izzy is now saying you know what you have too much estrogen look at your hair color this has got to stop and meanwhile the fans are just like divided we don't know what to do with all this gayness and some of us are saying some fans are even questioning Israel's um, sexuality because there has been talks about it in the past. I've heard some little grumblings, but I guess this back and forth between them is really bringing that out. But I'm also noticing that it is somewhat dividing us. I see some fans that are like, I don't care what he is. His hair is fire. That's me. I don't care who he's fucking. His hair is fire. I don't care. I like the guy. And then you have some people. I saw one tweet, unfortunately. I saw a vomit emoji and like, ew, is this guy gay? So you have those two. Mm-hmm. But so my question to y'all is this. With all that I've just described, do you think it would be good to have like a male gay fighter come out as as gay and be out would it help bring the fans together um would it kind of dispel some of this homophobia or would it kind of divide us because let's not forget fellas you know our fan base is like a lot of them are conservative and conservatives they're not really big into the gays you know what i mean so Mm. is this like a big proportional push is it what are your thoughts like what do you think of a male gay fighter coming out and what does it do for the sport and mic you up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got to admit that um, the sexuality of fighters, whether they be male or female, does nothing for me. It doesn't intrigue or interest me, me or hold any sort of um, value on them in my mind because I'm looking at their fighting prowess. I'm looking, are they going to knock a motherfucker out? That's what I'm interested Facts. in. Are they going to give me a good interview? Are they going to be a really good talking point? But flipping that on its head... As a fan, as somebody who is looking at the sport from the outside, I can understand the consternation of some fans who might think maybe that this isn't a good thing. I think that's short-sighted. I think that's closed-minded. And I think given that it's 2020, people need to stop being hung up on values which really do stem from the 1950s in terms of sexuality. But Mm -hmm. to underline the point, it makes no difference whatsoever to me. But I, I can foresee, especially with the, the, of the tweets I've seen online, the vitriol and the, the bile that some people have been spewing and um, homophobic um, tweets 
of late. I can see for some people it's a problem. And it's, you know, you pointed to something which you raised with me a couple of, um, I think it was the last show. <laughs> if you're that bent out of shape, you've got your panties up in the bunch about somebody's sexuality, maybe you have an issue with your sexuality because mm. if you yeah. didn't, it wouldn't be such a big deal. You said that so beautifully. I think last week I was like, yo, when you see a dude and your dick get hard, yo, like you gay. So thank you so much for clearing that up. No, I just got to work on that because like he said exactly what I said last episode. But, you know, this is why people hate me and blah, blah, blah. I mean, well, Mike, thank you for saying exactly what I wanted to say. But Mm. anyone else who wants to jump in on this? What are your thoughts, good or bad? I'm in complete agreement with Mike. A fighter's sexuality, their race, their, or what gender they identify has no bearing on me whatsoever. I mean, we're, we're in 2020, and the fact that this is even the fact that sadly this is even a talking point, it it it, it just baffles me. Right. But yeah. going going back to the point that you raised about our conservative fan base, yeah, there would be some some people who would vocalize their discontent towards it and misplaced discontent, but um. I think it would be a good thing for a sport if we had a openly gay male fighter come out because no doubt there are there are um there are gay men who are out there who are, who participate in mixed martial arts or want to get into mixed martial arts and they feel that they can't do that because there isn't somebody out there there isn't an outlier there isn't somebody who represents them at this moment in time mm-hmm. and I think fear of, of of a backlash even though it'd be weird because any backlash there's was given they could just kick the person's ass if you know what i mean but like again it's it's 2020 we given the size of the ufc roster i don't know how many people there are now there must be like 500 or 600 fighters we know that there's going to be plenty of of gay fighters male gay (laughs) male fighters and they're like and the, the again it just baffles me that we're we're even talking about this let people be with who are, who they want to be with let adesanya dye his hair like <laughs> whatever yeah. wherever I, I mean i wouldn't go for it don't get me wrong i mean it it suits him i don't think i'd be able to get away with it with my receding fast receding hairline right now <laughs> but, but but more power to him again and the fact that costa even you know, that okay that um that the video that you referred to weird. Yeah, yeah the videos are getting the, very they're weird they're getting like, weird did y'all see martin vittori also um with chris weidman yeah yeah chris weidman yeah. and was like yeah and this is my new girlfriend and it's just kind of getting like <laughs> but uh, as a gay person looking in i'm kind of like do y'all dm me if you want to talk there's ways to come out there's you know what yeah. i mean like i'm here to support you i'm starting to get a feeling that there's some type of undertones with this stuff like uh, um, I don't know. Well, I'm getting nervous. Not nervous yeah, like that, in a bad way, but as a gay person, I'm like, "What's it? y'all play for my team? What's up?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that video that uh, that Paula Costa posted, it was um, it was very homoerotic. It was almost yes. as homoerotic as uh, as Top Gun, like one of the most homoerotic films ever. Yes. But um, again, let people dye their hair whatever color they want. Let people be with whoever they want. I don't care, and I think. To help the sport become a more ma- mainstream sport and to be accepted, I think it'd be fantastic for openly gay male fighter to come out. 
And yes, I was looking for that to see if um, anybody was thinking about the promotional aspect. But Kairos, go ahead. Okay, so I got to be the one who actually answers her question. I see y'all want to tiptoe around the circus. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to be Thank the person. Thank you, Kairos. Listen, that's, listen. That's right, Kairos. That's why I fuck with you, Kairos. Thank you so much. Let's we share go. the same birthday. We share the same everything. Let's go. Anywho. That's right. Let's go. Here's the issue. Okay. <laughs> this this would be perfect for the progress the progression of gay rights and more so in the gay community more so than anything else because they don't have typical representation in other sports but here's the problem he's going to take so much flack from people who are just bigoted and people who have problems so if mm -hmm. he is able to withstand that then it's great but it's a tough it's a tough wall to break through there's a reason why in the major sports you don't see males coming out as gay we've seen it what yes. once or twice in our generation one was with um, michael sam where is he right now not on a roster not playing sports athletics all this yeah he was supposed to be the second coming when he was coming out of college like this man had ridiculous stats that he set like there were very few people who had the same stat line as he was coming out of college as a senior he comes out as gay and now there's all these questions circulating about his ability where were those concerns before he came out and sure you could say he right. didn't perform well at the combine but there were so many people who did not perform as well as he did or play it against the top competition that he did and they punished him for it if we're just going to be real they punished him for it. you think there's people who are not homophobic playing on teams that he was on saying nah i'm not trying to lift with them nah i'm not trying to spot with them even more so in mixed martial arts there's going to be people saying nah i'm not trying to grapple with them nah i'm not trying to fight them he's going to knock me out and try and fuck me like what but i promise you there are people who think that though. yeah no but they're yeah. i'm like i'm serious there are people who think like that no kairos i'm no, Kairos, it's not just people. Um, I believe the Noguera brothers, one of them, I read in an article, said they would be uncomfortable rolling with a homosexual. That's what I'm telling you. Like, and yes, oh, man. Well, yes I remember I, reading that. I, I cannot source the, the literature, but I remember reading that because it kind of put me off guard. I was like, Pe people still feel this way? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. And You see, that's why it didn't come up in any of the talking point, what I just mentioned just a while ago, because that's not my go-to. That's not something that I kind of like identifying. And in all honesty, that isn't anything that I've ever heard, like being in gyms or, you know, rolling with people at, at BJJ. It, it, that, that is really foreign to me. I, I, I'm not going to lie, Kairos. Yeah, I, I, I understand Kairos's point, but... If that it it's, it's it's very it's a very archaic stance for people to take because it's almost as if they believe that gay people can't control their sexual drive or whatever and they just try want they're attracted to every man or woman or they just try, trying to have right. sex or with them all every with time them make exactly right. exactly do you know what i mean wow. yeah it's because you're thinking yeah, about it's, who you are as a person we we that's the issue yeah. like we are folks so focused on who we are and we understand who we are but there are seriously yeah. people like I'll give you an example. There is another issue in um, sports across the board. You have a gay female couple, and it's like, it's like oh, okay, we, we tolerate them. We, I feel like that's the perfect word that a lot yeah. of those people use, is you tolerate them. But the second it's two guys like, nah, get that gay shit out of my face. Pause. pause. Like, you ever hear people on, when they're talking in interviews, like, oh, I'm coming for that ass. Pause. Or, oh, no homo. But that's like, my, I don't even want to yeah. say that's microaggression. That's pretty just out there. I don't think that's there's micro yeah, about that. That's just homophobic. Yeah, like, so that's what I'm just saying. Like, And... And yeah. Kairos, just to just to piggyback off what you said, even Amanda Nunes and um, what's her wife's name again? Nina um, Ansaroff. Nina Ansaroff, yes. They're really cute and people seem to warm to them. But if you ever watch um, their videos, just scroll in the comments and see the terrible things that guys say. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to be the dad and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can man. also see like... it with lesbian couples, too. 
and like don't sleep on how like because they kind of like warm our hearts and you you think people really think they're cute but just all you got to do is click on the comments and you will see the jokes about them not having a dad and it's really sad to see and that's what I mean like I wonder if like if an outwardly gay fighter comes out and preferably a man if it would have such a, if it would have a good impact on the sport, or would it just cause more homophobia and, and irritate people, you know? And it we could, have a large conservative base, you know. It could do like, and and, and let, let's not uh, forget about it. several fighters in the UFC roster are uh, no stranger to to using homophobic language. Like I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, I think it was was it a UFC Gdansk when. Artem Lobov lost to was it Andre Feely? Yeah, and uh, there was backstage footage. Of Conor McGregor was there, and then he uh, oh, yeah. yeah he, he, he kept saying yeah he, multiple yeah. times, multiple times like it wasn't like it was going out of fashion, and yeah. and I'm pretty sure I off the top of my head I think I think Donald Cerrone might have used it as yeah, well. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, he said uh, somebody fought like a. FAG. I can't remember who it was, but that was that was like four or five years ago. But right. I mean, what an impact a gay fighter would have, though. Look at yeah, all these exactly. attitudes and mentalities, and they're so various too. And I'm telling mm. you, I saw the reaction to it to online fans. I saw some people in support of it. I saw even spiteful fans. Someone on Twitter was like, "Yo, I hope Israel Adesanya is gay so that y'all just shut the fuck up." And I was like, "Word, like you and your feelings, but <laughs> you know, yeah. I can feel that because they that person was annoyed with the homophobia because they're like me and everybody else and what you guys are saying. Like, we don't care. We're here for the fighting. But since y'all want talk well i hope he's gay just to upset y'all <laughs> can i just yes. say something yeah i think it, it would be across insensitive i just want to just cut straight to the chase they're not gonna fuck you yeah so why are you getting yeah. your self bent out of shape the way exactly that I look at it is, the it's way what that i, I said last is, week mike <laughs> exactly why are you so concerned why is it such an issue why is it something that gets because some of them so need ding ding twisted. some of them are gay mics okay wow. some of them some of them need that so you know they're frustrated and don't know what to do with that and it comes out as an ew israel's gay no you gay you just nice and quiet about it at home but yeah, mike, uh, mike says it better mike says it better y'all know what i'm <laughs> trying to say <laughs> hey, they want more action than that g-spot than their girlfriend fingering them but Here's the issue, though. Oh, what? Anyway, yo. Here's, what, here's the problem, okay? Shots fired. Yo. I feel like too many people are waiting Separating for... Separating the, the weak from the Can obsolete. Can we move forward? Damn. Jesus. I was just trying to scoop that in there. Move forward. Here's the issue. I think too many people are waiting for this gay savior. And we all know what happens when a savior comes. They kill you for it. So I'm just like, yes, yeah. it would be great mm-hmm. for the sport, and we need it. But I'm just telling you this right now. It'll get a lot worse before it gets better especially for mixed martial arts so don't be surprised if darren crookshank i don't know i just said him randomly uh, comes out as gay and he comes out like on social media the next day like nobody's trying to train with me i can't make a living blah 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 blah, and it's done for him and no one does anything there's no recourse or nothing he's just like out like done don't be surprised in the wilderness yeah Yeah. that'd be so shameful Mm. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it, it would t- it would take one of the the top five male athletes to. It's gonna take a little bit. Yeah, to be like yeah to make change. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. it's a shame. But oh, well, I mean, if it ever hope- happens, hold on, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I think I think I, it will happen in 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 our lifetime. It I will happen. So I I I hope so. I mean, the in my lifetime in uh, in England, 
uh, in football like it's just it's not happened and i don't think over here because of the um the culture of fans because football is so tribal and they'll use any opposition fans will use anything against a player to uh to try belittle them and to try make them have an off day or what have you so i don't think in football that um that will ever happen but i think in mixed martial arts given because the crowds are only there to see people fight or what have you i think it could i think it could happen yeah well i think we covered it who's up next Sticking with middleweight, seeing as though we were talking about Izzy, I caught up with Darren Stewart fresh off his victory against Maki Pitolo. Now, I'm shoehorning this in there, not just to talk about his victory, not just to talk about the fact that he's from East London, but because we also touched on who would be the next Brit to actually bring home the gold. Here's Darren. Yes, I mean, mate. Darren the dentist Stewart. Yeah. You sound like you're in the dentist chair, man. Why you sound so subdued and laid back? Oh wow. <laughs> it's me yeah. roughing you up thinking, why is he sounding so sleepy? That's because you were asleep. No, I try nearly, yeah, yeah. Remember UFC's that nine hours behind, didn't it? Wow. Wow. I have to say, you were our sole Brit abroad over the weekend and represent you did against Maki Pitolo. Congratulations on the actual victory. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations, I'm going to sound like a fanboy now and I'm going to show my bias, but congratulations for bringing it back for East London. Yeah, exactly. Finally, man. You keep sleeping on us, man. <laughs> we don't play that in East London. But speaking Go of which... take their money and come home. It, well, exactly. Exactly. And take their money you did. I noticed in the run-up, there was a there was a, a, a different swagger about you. There was a kind of like laid-back calm, sort of like reassurance that you've got this in the bag. Have I read that wrong? Or was there like a new sort no, of like persona to you? Everyone said the same thing as well. Everyone said the same thing. I was almost looking for, like, negatives, if that makes sense. Like, why am I like this? Everyone was like, you've been to this level. You've been at this level for a long time now. It's time to get used to it. I was trying to search for some sort of anxiety or something. Do you know what I mean? On on, on the face of it, man, that was a serious poker face if there was an ounce or even an inch of anxiety beneath the surface because, man, you were like a stone-faced killer there. <laughs> I'm back, man. I'm back. I just, I've just learned. How, I know how the game works, man. It's not about win, lose, or draw. It's about entertaining and just getting your money, man. Especially during this pandemic as well. You can win, yeah, but no one really cares. It's how you win. Do you know what I mean? Oh, big time. You, or you might lose, but it's how you lose. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I've, I've learned the game, now, man. And, and I'm good at what I do. And I, I'm going back to what got me to the UFC in the first place. And and you know what, that, that was the peculiar thing because I've got lulled into a false sense of Darren's all about the stand-up game. Having watched you from Warrior Fight Series and all those early days, those proving grounds as they call them in the UK, I had you down as a you know stand-up merchant. Man would like try and stand and bang. This was all that you were about. But a lot of people, including myself, were like sleeping on your ground game. Was that like an integral part of your training leading up to the actual um, bout? Not, not the bout, for a long time. Okay. I've been there for a long time. Just haven't been able to show it, like... There's a star I was fighting, yeah, 
which would which didn't allow me to show my grappling game and didn't allow me to be first. So what happens is, if I'm on the outside bouncing around and playing a happy feet game, you're gonna be first and take me down. Then I can't I can't produce my ground game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now I'm being first now. So when you try and do your your shit or whatever, try to take me down, whatever, I'm first. You know, so I can utilize my ground game. I've been doing it for a long time. I've been catching people in certain submissions and training all the time. I just haven't been able to show it yet. And you know, in your corner, what was, um, I don't know, maybe I, I've been sleeping on the walkouts, but there were, there were well, they seemed to be a, a new face in your corner. Am I, am I right there? <laughs> yeah, my cousin. Oh, okay. He was Mr. Motivator. He was, he was the hype man. He was like, yeah, you got this, bro. Fuck him up, yeah, man. Yeah, from the hood, that's why. Yeah, I could, I, could, I could hear the hood in him. And it was kind of refreshing to hear <laughs> that because it looked as though every single thing that was said, you were honing in on and just listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that in the corner, man. I had to make some sort of changes, man. Like I need that in the corner, and he's not just—he's not just. It won't just—he's not just a rogue out of the road. He's <laughs> the type of like GB judo. Do you know what I mean? He's been up there with the top athletes, ah, Olympians. Like he's been around the world, everywhere. He knows what it's like, how I'm feeling. He knows what that's the weight cut and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So he's been there, Mm-mm. even though you don't—you know, don't sound like it. He might not look like it. He's been at a level. He knows all the top judo guys. Like he's been around the world. And That's why I brought him in as well. He's helping my grappling a lot. It, it, well, it looks like it because I mean, you made quick work of uh, of this guy, and the fact is, you were unscathed in that. How serious were you about you know sticking around in Vegas and actually you know participating in uh, the next card uh, coming up this Saturday? Oh, serious? Well, I was on it only because they suspended me for thirty days. I got a little cut on my head in it. What? Stitches. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was on it, man. I was staying out there. I miss. I told my missus already. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I was. I was. Well, yeah. Well, well, no one knows it now. But I was gonna fight at least. I think the 25th of August. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't say who again, but I was scheduled to go again. Mm. But then obviously, I've had to tell my manager that they're suspending me, and I got a cut on my head. And you come back, you got a quarantine 14 days, and blah oh. blah blah. I was so close to like not getting my connected flight to London, but I couldn't because they're suspending me. So. It's not a joke, man. I was serious what I was talking about because all, all these Americans are milking the money. Mm. This is what I was saying to you before. I don't care about win or lose. Bro, if I go there and lose, I get my 50 grand. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, speaking of I which... I don't care. It's all about getting P now. Seriously, oh, man. During the pandemic, sure. these American guys are milking it. For sure. I mean, speaking of 50 grand, lend us a 10 a day. Yeah, whenever, of course, man. I've got you, man. I'm never a tight bastard. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always good. Tell me something, you, you, you must have portioned up that 50k bonus already in terms of what you're going to spend it on. Well, you know what, yeah, people, it's not actually 50k, I don't want to go into it too much, man, when shit gets taken out and they tax it 30%, that's why yeah. I hate that fighting in Vegas and that, it's not really left with 50 grand, but it's what it is, isn't it, man, like I said, I don't work, my missus don't work, so mm. it's not like I can treat myself, yeah. I have to live on that until my next fight. You know, I rent privately. My my rent is like mad. My rent's like nearly flipping, I don't know, one thousand three hundred. Then you got fucking bills and cars and do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. It's having nappies and kids and as well, yeah. Food for two kids and so it sounds like a lot of money, but it goes quick if you don't get another fight. Oh, big time. Big time. So realistically though, I mean, how soon could you be back in there? I mean, you got what? You said it's a thirty day suspension, right? Yeah, September, October I'm trying to go back in. But oh, the thing okay. Is, yeah, they're trying to say keep my weight down. It's a bit mad, like because I can't really train. I can't get my head wet. I can't sweat because I got this thing on my stupid head. Yeah. So I'm I'm setting myself back like two weeks already. 
So I might try and do like some sort of bike ride, a little one at least. But I'm not being funny. Yeah? I made the weight in three weeks from 99 kg. So wow. I just came back today. So I don't think I'm 99. I might the most I might be right now. I'm guessing maybe 97, probably 96, probably. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've got to maintain it from there. I spoke to my nutritionist already. I spoke to the meal prep people. I'm having three days off right now, but I'm back on it on Thursday. Trying to keep the weight down until they call. So you whatever might... they give me, I'm not really bothered. Like I said, I made the weight in that short time. Oh, okay. So there's a certain um, Dagestani, or I think he's Chechen, actually. I, I might be getting the, uh, the, 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 the the country mixed up. But um, there's a cer- certain uh, man out there who seems to be kind of money weight at the moment, fluctuating from welterweight to uh, middleweight. Was it him that was on the cards for uh, the 25th of August? No, 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 no. Who's that? <laughs> the guy that took on uh, Chimaev. The middleweight who, mm-hmm. Chimaev, he beat um, John Phillips and then the following week. Oh, Hamza. Yeah, yeah I know Hamza, Hamza man. I Hamza, Hamza, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you trained him? I forget his real name. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I know Hamza. Hamza's a beast, man. Yeah. I know, it wasn't him. No, 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 no. Yeah, I trained with Hamza this year, man. He's a beast, bro. I love Hamza. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. No, it wasn't him. It wasn't him, no. He's a beast, but I told people about this guy already. Don't sleep on this guy. Yeah, certainly. I'm happy for him, though. When I spoke to him in Sweden... I said to him, like, bruv, like, this guy gave me hell. I said, you need to go to UFC. Wow. Yeah, he said to me, like, he's got unfinished business and brave. <laughs> he needs to get his belt. <laughs> obviously, the pandemic, and I'm glad he's gone to UFC finally, man. Well, that's where the I bucks are. I hope we got this guy already, man. When I trained with him, bruv, I just knew we were going to do the people anyway. I didn't have to say nothing. He's kind it of was mad. He's kind of an assassin, isn't it? Which is... Yeah, he, he picks up, like, heavyweights, like, easy, like... Yeah, and the worst fact, his debut. Yeah, he didn't have to make weight. He was hydrated, like middle. He walks like middle. He's guy, laughing. It was mad. It was mad. It was mad, mad, mad. The guy's a bit of a nightmare. Speaking of which, Jay the Nightmare Shepherd, um, our fallen friend who uh, unfortunately was killed in July. I saw you repping and repping hard, and that was uh, quite emotional to see. I mean, just in terms of repping for Jay and like you know keeping his memory alive. Was that like a, a an added motivator for you, as as in you know something which gave you that extra kind of like um well extra motivation for the fight? Definitely, definitely. I took the fight because of that. Really. Oh, okay. Because obviously, I took, obviously, I want to fight. We all want to fight. We're fighters at the end of the day. Mm. But I took the fight mainly because I was angry and, and uh, emotional. Do you know what I mean? I don't remember crying, and it's either I fucking go to the shop and keep screwing people, or I fight. So I. Pick like, you know what I mean? I don't do nothing stupid. Like, I went to go, I just picked the fight and just done it. Mm-hmm. That's partly why I took it as well. So, so, I was just pissed off, like, what happened to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And his aim was to get there as well. And he yeah. helped me every camp as well. And mm. you go on Instagram, man. You see, I'm all over Instagram now. Like, it was bare tight. Do you know what I mean? I was in Sweden with him. So, he brought me to, that's how I met Hamza. So, he brought me to Sweden. Ah. He told, yeah, he told me to go to All Stars. So, I was out there with him this year. Right, right. Okay, yeah, so, well, yeah, it did. It did motivate me to get a little bit more push as well. To be fair, back and watching back on my fight, like during during that fight, I was like, oh, I like done all right. And then I was like, what are you talking about? Because had a lot of emotion as well. I could have been a bit more tighter. But you see, if everyone knows who I am, I'm very very hard on myself. So <laughs> yeah, way too hard. Now you play. Yeah, I'm way too hard. Everyone's like, that was good. Everyone in the back was the press was like, I was amazing. I said nah. Because of a bit more emotion, I want to tighten my arm, my, my guard and my shot. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, obviously I've got that the way now, so my next performance will be better. So, 
Well, you did his memory proud. And just before you go, I'm intrigued by this. I'm always shouting your name on the WOCast as, you know, one to look out for. This is the guy. This is the guy. Trust me. Forget the fact that, you know, I'm Mr. Bias. Forget the fact that he's from East London. He's literally 10 minutes up the road from me. Forget all of that. This is the guy. (laughs) But I, I know you're backing yourself, but who do you see as like the next Brit who could possibly bring home gold for us? We've got quite a few to choose from, as you know. I mean, just down the road mm. from you and me, we've got... I'm, 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 I think Leon Edwards, you know. Leon Edwards, yeah? Yeah, man. They're trying to sleep on this guy, man. Seriously. Mm. You can't deny it. You, can, you, can keep, you can't keep denying this guy, man. I think him, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Thank you again for sparing the time. I know that, you know, I've woken you up out of your sleep. I feel a little bit bad about that now, but... No, 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 it woke me up, man. I was kind of going <laughs> in, but I stayed up in it. Well, again, thank you for the time. I'm going to leave you to get some Zeds, but well done again, and I can't wait to see you get back out there. And um, Yeah, well, thanks for all... supporting me, man. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people sleep on me, do you know what I mean? You always support me, so thank you. Come on, bro. It's nothing. It's light work. This is Bendix, the Tomorrow People. What is the magic that makes one's eyes sparkle and gleam, light up the skies? The name of the game is Lightworks. Darren, as you just heard, went with <laughs> went with Chisanga's old mate. And that is Leon Edwards. I was really, really careful there not to say Leon Roberts. I so badly wanted to say it. Seriously, I don't know why, but it just slips off the tongue. Anyway, he went with Leon Edwards. And um, I just wanted to throw it out to you. I mean, that is my talking point this week. Which Brit? I mean, seriously, we've got a lot to choose from now. I mean, you know, I won't have it. I won't have it that we haven't got the talent pool anywhere um, that actually has a mixture of wrestling and stand-up skills that can bring it to the Americans and the rest of the world. So I just put it to you guys. Look, who do you think is going to be the next Brit to actually bring home the gold for us? Next Brit to bring home I'm going to go with Chisanga first. Oh, okay. Put me on the spot. All right. Okay, so there's a difference between who I think is best placed at this moment in time and who I think mm. will actually do. No, in fact, no, I know they're they're one and the same. It's Leon. Undoubtedly, it's Leon. I think Darren Till, had he beaten Robert Whitaker, they would have given him a title shot, undoubtedly. And th- <laughs> y'all might call me crazy or whatever, but there's something about the... Adesanya Darren Till matchup with, in which I favor Darren. I don't know what it is or whatever. Maybe it's unconscious bias or what have you, but I think that's a good matchup for him. But if you look at the um, look at where the other up and coming UFC fighters are in their respective divisions, Leon is the best place. I think Leon is in his prime now. I think he's just turned twenty eight or he's turning twenty eight. Yeah, he's uh, his wrestling has come on leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds since he uh, since he lost to Kamaru Usman and since he did his stint, uh, training stint, at AKA, uh, I think that was about six years ago or, or five or six years ago or what have you. Anyway, my timelines might be wrong, but yeah, I think Leon. A lot of people are sleeping on Leon. A lot of people are sleeping on Leon. Yes, he doesn't. Okay, maybe he hasn't had that many finishes or, or what have you. And yes, maybe he's not the most vocal fighter out there but he's got all the skills to 
become a champion. And if you look at the number of people who are shying away from fighting him, who are refusing to fight him when the call comes, that's a testament to to his skill set. So I'm going my boy Leon Edwards. I think probably, yeah, I think by maybe by the end of 2021, he's going to be champ. Hmm. How about you, Kairos? Listen, y'all, y'all can hate me all you want. But I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm still salty. We're never gonna be real. I'm still salty. Leon took my video a few months ago, used it against Tyron Woodley, didn't give me credit. I basically started the beef between them. Y'all are welcome. Y'all are welcome. Thank <laughs> me for that. Because they were on yo, good terms before that yo. video got popped. So give me my credit for starting them. One of the more exciting beefs of 2020. Anywho. Leon Edwards, sure, he could possibly win a title. I'm not going to sit here, though, and hype him up like y'all are. He's got too many obstacles oh. in front of him to win himself a title. He's going to get past Colby? He's going to get past Usman? Spare me. Spare Ooh. me, guys. I'm going to be real. Kairos, to rub salt into the wounds. Uh, I think that video got like close to like 60 or 70,000 views as well. So I know. That, that, that would have been, been 60 <laughs> or 7,000 like, people clicking through to your page. And Yo, oh, man. Man. When I posted to my page, it only got like 20, 30,000. But as soon as Leon put it up there, it exploded. I'm like, all right, you know what? Cool. Don't give me credit. And I know one of y'all sent it to him. I got a feeling one of y'all sent it to him. Don't give me credit. I know it was one of y'all that sent it to him. There's no way it was one of y'all. So it's all right. I'm on y'all's ass. Anywho, is Czechoslovakia considered a part of the EU or UK or any of that? Or no? Before I go on. Oh, because I'm looking and y'all are located near them, but I don't know if they're considered EU. I don't think so. It's I'd, part of Europe, I'd, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's part of the EU. I don't know if it is. Okay. Uh, Czech Republic, is it? Is it part of the EU? Yes, yeah, a member country. Yeah, it's, okay, it Czech Republic has been part yeah, of the EU for, since 2004. So as far as a European champion, because I'm not going to leave it to just like the United Kingdom, because I'm sorry. I, I There's no hope for y'all. No. There's no, no that's hope the for y'all. I'm that's, sorry. That's the <laughs> y'all aren't getting one. What? That's why I have to... I have to broaden the search because y'all aren't getting one. It's not happening. I, the disrespect. You guys' um. best chance right now is David Dvorak. He is at 125 pounds. He is a phenomenal, a phenomenal fighter. One of the more well-versed. People aren't really talking about him that much because he's only had, like, what, one fight in the UFC? But I promise you guys this. In the next, I want to say, year to two years, he will be in the top five. And he might have already competed for a title by then. This guy is you guys is saving grace he's not he's not uk but he's eu you be, it's better than nothing because leon ain't winning the title i'm sorry there's too many but let let my boy jeff neal come back he's gonna light up leon like a firecracker let him fight kamaro again he's getting glued to the bottom of the campus let colby fight him he's gonna get gassed out a cyclone of cardio it's it, it's not looking good for him this is your savior deal with it oh this is your savior outside of the uk the disrespect <laughs> you got no shot no he don't even know where it is, y'all. He's like, listen, is Russia in the UK? <laughs> is Italy wow. in the UK? <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, what about Jamaica? <laughs> I know wow. Kyrus is, is going to do a cut from Black Panther where he goes, is this your king? Is this your right, king? Yep, that, that, yeah, that's like, that meme is yeah. coming, yep. Um, yeah, that meme is for coming. For me, y'all, Go, G. for me, I think... Um, your closest bet is Leon Edwards. I think everyone else is still developing prospects or they still got some work to do, y'all. Like, wrestling is still an issue with y'all, man. I'm sorry. Like, 
<laughs> don't be mad at me but not i think uk fighters yeah i think uk fighters still have a lot to work on as far as grappling and whatnot and i think until that department is is defined um i think you're gonna have a hard time there's someone who i forget his name there's somebody who grapples like he's american and he's from the uk i forget his name john henry i forget his name Wow, he is, John he, Henry. I think, oh, I can't think. Be quiet. I'm just making up shit now. <laughs> There's somebody the from names, John and Henry. Listen, put them together. Did we just put two names yeah. together? First, Kairos didn't know where it was, and now I don't even know y'all name. We so disrespectful. But there's somebody wow. from the UK that wrestles really well, but he's still like developing. And I think Leon is your best bet, but I don't know if he's going to be champ because I think he hits a wall with Usman. So even if he is like y'all. You know, savior. I think he hits a wall with Usman. So I think John it's gonna be a little bit. Sean Henry, yo, that's that's man, shots that's, fired, that's, indeed. That, I was about to you say know, something I real. You know, I can't believe. Gone, gone. No, I was gone. Just, fire some more shots. Gone. I was just looking at people who What's had the potential. You? I was looking at people who had the potential to win a title from the UK, and my dumb ass almost said Dan Ige because I remember the plot. <laughs> he carries the Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. We all ignorant and proud. We all laughing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Like, oh where's the UK? God. I'm sorry. Oh, yo. That's that. That's wild. Anyway, I'm no, going sorry, with. No. I'm going with. Lerone the Miracle Murphy. Oh, okay. That's my field. I, I really do think that he was thrown to the wolves in his first fight. Zabara to Gogov is as hard as it gets for your initial foray into the UFC bearing in mind that he was only 7 and no oh going against what was he 18 and 4 I think it was something like that anyway mm -hmm. the, the fact of the matter is this he's had no easy matchup since he's been in there and he has held his own and held his own well not only just on take down defense escapes teeth kicks I mean he's coming with like the full gamut of skills and that is just his first couple of fights let's just imagine I don't know, 18 months down the line, I really do see him in title contention. He is definitely one to watch. He's definitely the prospect. I see Lerone the Miracle Murphy actually pulling off a miracle and being the next person to bring back a strap. You're probably wondering why I haven't, you know, gone with uh, the, the personal fave, the man of the moment, that is Leon Edwards. I just feel that, you know, to get past Usman, I just don't see that in his future. I just don't see that um, being something which he's going to be able to negate the, the, the technical wrestling of Usman. I just can't see it. And it's because I can't get past that, I don't see him bringing home the strap. Yeah. Well, Rome, yeah, but 145... Yeah, yeah, 145 is just stacked, though. Like, I yeah. mean, the murderers, bro. I think I, a lot of people say that 155, 170, 185 are the, the, uh, the divisions that are stacked, the, the most stacked. But... I'd argue, and Kairos, I know he's been a proponent of this uh, notion as well. 145 is is the most stacked division, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm going on this logic. He has there. not, he has not been fed um, choice opponents to build him up. It's almost like Dana White's just <clears> thrown <throat> him in there and said, "Right, swim." Do you know what I mean? Baptism so it's of not, fire, man. Yeah, thank you. And he has come through with flying colours. Anyway, sorry, G, I interrupted you there. No, no, I was just, I'd just be agreeing back here. I'd be, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's all I was doing. I just think I agree with Chisanga that the um, featherweight division is quiet as kept, though, stacked. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Calvin's a beat. 
um, Korean Zombie, Max Holloway, Josh Emmett. Don't forget. And then you know we got we got uh, don't forget we got Arnold Allen. You know exactly. oh, that's who you were trying to remember. Oh, the rest. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because he outgrappled Macklin yeah. McCartney. Yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, he did. Yes, excuse me for that, Arnold Allen. You know, and and it's just don't forget. Now we have newcomer Edson Barboza to the present. You know what I mean? And I I thought he beat uh, Dan Ige. So oh, he did, man. He, he, did. Did. he did. He did. It was that night of terrible judging. But that is like a, a division where quiet is kept. It's stacked. We always think it's the welterweight division because we're just so focused on it. You know, with and but I'm telling you right now, this division. I agree with Chisanga, um, Lerone Murphy. If he makes his way up. There's going to be a lot of uh, good fights for him when he does, you know, as mm. he goes up. And I think this just is throwing this out there. Okay, I'll just, I'll just uh, match up for own. Since he's already had a baptism already, just throwing it out there. Lerone Murphy, Jose Aldo. Okay, you know what? Why not? No, whoa, whoa. I was waiting for Sadiq Yosef or something. No, 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 no. Why not? Why not? Do you care about the embetterment of the black race? Uh, That's my question for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Lerone takes that all day, every day. Maybe in the future. We don't need to see him do that right now. Future? Right. We don't need to see him do that right now. What about Andre Feely? So did straight. Dude, stop it. Shane Burgos. Y'all are so biased, yeah. bro. Quit te- I know y'all, that's your residence, so you got to rep your people, but you're not fooling us, okay? We see through deception. No, no. We, let me tell y'all something real Facts. quick. Let me tell y'all something. Yes, 145 is the most stacked division in the UFC, but if there's a division where a Brit can have success, it's going to be 145 because it's not that grapple heavy. The best grapplers in this j- division are like jiu jitsu based. You got like Ryan Hall, you got like a few other people. You don't have that many power grapplers. In the- yeah, sure, Josh Hamid wrestles. But Kairos, you still have to be a top notch striker. You've yeah. got Shane yeah. Burgos, you have you power, you have um, what Josh Emmett, you, you have Edson Barboza. Like, it's. It, yeah, you can. There isn't a lot of grappling, but Lerone still has some monsters to to outstrike as well. He does. And then you got a whole bunch of people we're not discussing. What about Herbert Burns? He's a problem. Yeah, He's going to exactly. be a problem. Andre Feely looking good lately. You know, I don't know. It's just the division is stack, stack, stack. But Mike, you did pick a good one though. Like <laughs> Lerone's hands are pretty Thank nice, you. and he's improving quite nicely. Absolutely, I'm with you. Now, Kairos. I just not with Aldo, though. Y'all tripping. Come on. Now, hold on. Before we even go any further, <laughs> are you telling me, are you telling me the upward trajectory of this man can't actually blaze through like butter, like a knife, a hot knife through butter, through Jose Aldo? Are you telling me Lerone Murphy can't take him? Are, are you seriously to my eyes, to my face, telling me that my boy Lerone yes. Murphy wouldn't deal with the matter? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not from the UK, y'all. But you, you know, y'all showing your yeah, love and yeah, support. But no, you know I'm going with skills. Like, <laughs> I'm going with skills. No. I'm going with sheer terror mm-hmm. that the man brings to the cage. Yeah, but y'all also act like Aldo still isn't really good. He still he just fought for a title. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not sleeping on Aldo. I'm I'm, I'm right. just saying like. Make the matchup. That would be an absolute matchup. I'm, and I mean, they already thrown to the <laughs> they, they they threw him to the wolves with uh, with well. See, yeah, I'm not with that yeah. I'm just playing fantasy matchmaker. There's so many people down here he could rock with that are just closer in the, in the rank. Like, I would be happy with him fighting Shane Burgos. He's such a good boxer. <coughs> I would be fine with Jeremy Stevens. Anybody. Like, I, I don't necessarily need for him to just fight Aldo. Like, you know, Y'all are crazy. Know, 
Yeah, it's a little weird, but <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe we're talking about him fighting Jose. What about Sadiq Yosef? Right. I think Sadiq's even in front of. I think Sadiq's in front of him too. Sadiq's rattled off what three or four in a row. He's probably gonna get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think Sadiq's a little ahead of him too. I think you got to give him someone a little that... bit far behind. Maybe like I don't. Know. All right. Okay. Give so what do we get? Burgos. Why not? I think Shane, Shane Burgos, or so maybe 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 I'm a Kanye. Maybe I'm a Kanye. <laughs> Mm. Anyway, Kairos. Okay. Come with the fire. Moving on. Y'all talking about L's. Let's talk about someone who collects some L's. Listen, Ariel Hawani hit me oh, up this shit. morning. He was like, Kairos, I got some news for you. I was like, I was like, what? He's like, listen, <laughs> Lord. don't tell no one. I was like, all right, I won't tell anyone. I was getting ready to tell y'all right after you told me. He was like, Paige Van Zant, bare knuckle boxing. I'm like, what? He said, Paige Van Zant. <laughs> bare knuckle boxing i'm like okay all right cool i'm with it i'm happy about it but here's my question what's her longevity in this organization we saw beck rollins win a title in bare knuckle boxing then say you know what i'm out i'm going to bellator is that correct is she still like with bare knuckle or is she only competing with bellator because now you have a revolving uh... door with your organization so is Paige going to be competing in here for a long period of time or is it just like a quick cash grab and then she goes and leverages like up to another promotion Mm. I think Beck Rollins, off the top of my head, I think she fought for Bellator in February, just before the pandemic. I'm pretty. If, if someone could correct me, feel free. I think to. you're right. Yeah, it was. But, um, yeah, it was Feb. But um, I don't know what agreement that she has with uh, with with uh, with uh, what you call it with bare knuckle boxing. But um, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they booked that rematch for Paige Van Zandt's fight. Because I mean, Beck Rollins like. Well, Paige Van Zandt, she uh, she KO'd her ass with that spin and switch kick and punches. So, I mean, that's mm. probably a fight that makes the most sense, really. <clears throat> someone who pay, someone Paige has already beaten, and somebody who's a, who's a name as well, Beck Rollins. So, yeah, it makes sense. But apparently, according to Ariel, I think he just said, literally moments ago, he just said that she signed a multi-fight, multi-million dollar deal. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean... Wow. I think uh, we know now why she's going over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I for for a long time, like uh, like Joe Rogan, I was a proponent of the idea of if you're if you don't have guards on your shins and on your knees and on your elbows, why should you have your hands wrapped and your hands covered by gloves? But after seeing uh, after seeing that Jason Knight Artem Lobov fight, that well and truly changed my mind on bare knuckle boxing. I was just like. Nah fighters knee gloves because this like the the damage and the cuts that they received to her face was just it was obscene it was like a horror film it was yeah, like it was something profound. that you yeah yes. it was something that you see and saw and yeah like my my immediate concern is like maybe Paige is just trying to capitalize and get as much money as she can from this which like i mean this is a high risk high risk move for her because let's not beat around the bush most of her brand is her looks, is, is her face, and is her entire aesthetic. And her aesthetic is at risk by signing with Bare Knuckle Boxing. I mean, she could receive some life-altering cuts, and, and then the the modeling contracts are... I don't know if she does modeling, or the brands won't come to call in for her. So, look, it's fair play. If she's getting that, that paper, I'm all happy with her, but... It's a risk. It's a it's it's a major risk. But more power to her. G. Um, yeah. Um, I don't see this as a good fit for her. It's, it just doesn't match. Like she's so cute, funny, bubbly, 
and she is tough as rocks. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm baffled by this decision, but at the same time, now that I'm hearing it's a multi-million dollar deal, now I quite understand. Um, I think she's just going where the money is, and this is a sport where you kind of have to cash out early. And I think she's just doing what she thinks is best for her career and, and might be financially um, motivated. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not into bare knuckle fighting at all and not because of what Chisanga said as far as the injuries. <coughs> it's, it's the talent pool. Yeah, it, that's, that's the problem I have. I, I do feel like every fighter in there is unprofessional. Like I saw some girl, she had a shirt that was like, Hillary is a cunt. Oh. And even, yeah, remember, remember, yeah, like uh, there was some, some, yes, some fighter wore a shirt that was like Hillary is a cunt, something Hillary is, and it was loud and proud. And I remember being like, mind you, I don't like Hillary, so it's not even me being biased or anything. It's like I actually kind of agree with you. She gonna disappear. Right. (laughs) Don't play with American politics, girl. Yeah. Um, But. It was just, it caught me off guard and it just kind of made the organization kind of look like trashy. You know, like mm-hmm. I just was like, what the hell am I watching? And then, you know, they start fighting and it, it looks like people that they recruited out of Denny's. So it's not the, it, the facial injuries or the fact that there's no kicks or anything. It's just the, the, the pool. So I can't yeah. really knock them for getting fighters like Paige Van Zandt and trying to get um, UFC or Bellator fighters to get in there because they actually do need to improve upon their talent pool. But I, I don't understand what what Paige is doing unless it's in, involving money. I wish her the best of luck. And here's another thing, she's tough as nails. So a part of mm-hmm. me isn't surprised that she thinks she's tough enough for bare knuckle. Like I'm kind of like, she is a bad broad, like she's tough, you know? I just didn't see this coming, fellas, and I'm a little nervous. I didn't like the optics. I mean, their injuries are pretty significant, like what Chisanga said. Go I ahead, didn't like the optics. optics. I don't like the optics of her face getting busted out, which it will inevitably because yeah. you're looking at no padding. And um, I hear where you're coming from, Chisanga, but I just don't like the optics of this. It just looks horrible. It just looks a little bit barbaric. It looks like, you know, it, 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 mm-hmm. it, it looks as though we're at the turn of the century when you look at the optics of this. But as well as that, mm-hmm. I've got to commend her, though, because it's clear when you're doing the type of uh, exposure that she has been doing in terms of her body, it's clear that she's there for the money. She's there to cash out. She's there to actually rack up as much in her bank account as possible. And with this multi-million pound deal or dollar deal, it's obvious she went with the highest bidder because if it were about legacy, if it were about competition, and if it were about the love of MMA, she would have signed with Bellator. But that's not to say that that's not going to be in the offing uh, down the road. I just think for now she's gone with who has gonna always gonna open up their checkbook the widest and you know, fair play play to her. She's made no secret about it. That's why she's, you know, shifted from uh, the UFC. She could have actually renegotiated that contract, but it was clear from the offing it was about the money. It's been clear all along it's been about the money and now she's finally got that violent money that she's been after. Well, it's certainly violent money because I mean her face could be violently changed for the rest of her life but hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully she can continue making as much money as possible but yeah i'm just just a tad concerned just because again like her boxing isn't isn't the best as well is it I, i'd say no. probably her her kick her, her kicking game was her, her best attribute so this is what i'm saying like this is it's just going to be a pure boxing match it, it's yeah. i'm nervous as well and then like what mike and 
you, Chisanga. There's no padding. There's no protection for her face. And isn't she somewhat like an Instagram model? Yeah. Isn't she also making money from her face and, and doing other things? Like, this is risky business, but, man, she's tough as nails. Kairos, do you think that we have, for the longest while, tried to get mainstream acceptance of mixed martial arts? We've tried to get, in terms of optics, that it looks the safest, most presentable sport um, next to boxing. We've tried to actually um, ensure that, especially from COVID-19, um, well, a COVID-19 point of view, that it is ultimately set up to protect <coughs> athletes. Do you think that this is a retrograde step, though, for somebody who was in mixed martial arts to transition into bare-knuckle boxing? I think there's a... I think a lot of people are not looking at it in terms of just like damage. A lot of people are just like, oh, you're going to get cut up. Oh, if we're being realistic here, what mm. type of damage do you want to protect fighters from? Do you want to protect them from blunt force trauma to the head and like concussive blows that's going to do damage and give them like CT mm. and cognitive issues? Or do you want to protect them from scars on their faces? I'd rather have a fighter have scars on their faces than be destroyed from cognitive functions for years let's be real gloves are not there yeah. to protect your face from damage they are there to protect your fist physics tells us this no matter what gloves you have on the larger the gloves the more thick the gloves the worse it is for your brain so if we're being realistic yes. if we want our fighters to be safe in mixed martial arts you got to get rid of the gloves you're going to have a lot of fist breaking but i actually i believe the physics is actually when you have gloves on you're more likely to break your fist actually than without the fist them without oh, the gloves, okay. sure. oh, of course so of the, oh yeah of course because it's no sorry carry on carry yeah no but because you have that driving people don't realize if i hit you the force that i hit you with is also reverbing onto my fist and now that i've added weight and mass to it i'm hitting it and that force is not natural for me to be punching with and receiving that blowback onto my fist which is why you're breaking your hands so much and if we're being right. realistic for a second here yes the ufc has tried very hard recently to present their sport to the public as safe but mm. it's all, we have way too many, way too much like hypocrisy and gray area for what we tolerate and what we don't tolerate. Yeah, sure, we're safer from boxing because we don't use as large of gloves and you aren't sustaining fights for that amount of time. But at the same time, we also allow people to rip off ligaments in the knees and they don't heal back correct. I remember Rampage yeah. Jackson interview saying after he fought John Jones, his knee was never the same. I remember a few other people saying that they fought other people right. and they were like, yeah, I don't see the same. I don't do this the same. I don't, I'm not the same person after that knockout. Like I remember when I was trying to get my friends into the UFC and they showed a clip of Cain Velasquez versus, mm -hmm. I think it was Noguera. I think it was Noguera. Yeah. I, I believe it was mm -hmm. Noguera and it, the octagon floor was red. And I was like, I was like, dang, I know I lost them with this one. They're like, Kairos. I'm good. Like that that was the first time my friends were like, nah, I can't follow you down this path, man. So like we gotta be realistic about this for a second. Do we truly care about the health and embetterment of right. these fighters or are we just posturing to get mainstream slots and have it for the appearance? And I think it's I think it's we just want the appearance of it. It's not very safe. We have people mm -hmm. still dealing with late stoppages in twenty twenty from referees who we claim are the gold standard. We got people who have traumatic brain injuries. <laughs> Katz and Ganu was talking about it. Look Leslie at Corey Smith Anderson. Was talking about it. So it's, we yeah. have way too many yeah. issues right Anderson, now to Jeff put on this Neal. fake ass yeah. front that we are really yeah. a safe sport. Yep. Yeah. Jeff that was Neal terrible. Was just reporting that he yeah, had yeah, the, 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 the Yeah, Corey so Anderson's situation was really like, terrible. It's, it's a lot going on right now with their health and whatnot. I think Karos is onto something. Wow. <laughs> but 
I mean, she's going to take a lot of significant mm-hmm. damage to her face, Kyra, so it might be safer because, like you said, it is true. I have read some articles and whatnot and some information on that. The gloves actually, that's why in boxing with those thick gloves, you'll see that a lot of them do develop CTE later on because of because of those gloves and the constant you know battering to their brains with those gloves on. But yeah. if we're talking safety, maybe she's safer at... at um, <laughs> bare knuckle maybe her brain but if she is making money off of her face and her beauty and whatnot she could be jeopardizing that as well so and it's also i don't know if it's a good fit for her is she going to be successful at bare Mm. knuckle you're taking away her kicks her grapple not that her grappling was the bomb but you're taking away her grappling you're you know like her you're taking away her options and i don't remember (laughs) her being one of the best boxes out there so i don't know good good luck to her though i think she's tough Good. All I'm saying. Yeah, me too. All I'm saying is, I hope she secured half the bag up front. To be honest, <laughs> because I mean, if she if she has a bad performance, yeah. like you, you also, never know, has, it could just be one and done situation. She's about to be breaking her hand, and that would be the worst case too. scenario for her. You know, they, every other bare knuckle fight that I've watched, the fight is stopped because someone's hand was mm. so smush. Yep. Yeah, and that's expected, and that. Yeah, and that's expected in that organization. So hopefully, you know, hopefully this is the best decision for her. We don't know what's going on with her, her money, or her her health, but hopefully she knows, you know, what's best for her, and I support her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know they're going to bring Bigfoot for the co-main event. <laughs> that they're going to have, yeah. they're gonna have Bigfoot Silver against somebody. Because I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that definitely. he said that he's, he's not done but fighting. what are you going to do? Because if ever a man needs, needs to stop, I think really he needs bad, to stop. It's really bad, some of the folks like, they have fighting in there. It's really, so they're, they're going to they're gonna jump on a Paige Van Sant and Bigfoot so you know? So yeah, kind of need exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I only watch if it's like a huge main event or, you know, like Pauly and Artem I watch, but I don't watch that organization, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm being real. Me too. Nah. I do this. Oh, oh yeah. it was. It's okay. You, you I, I called it. someone it John Bigfoot. Henry. It wasn't earlier. no guarantee. So it's, 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 I'm sorry. It's, it's one of those types of episodes, and you know. <laughs> 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 John Henry sounds oh, like one God, of the red coats. But speaking of uh, Brits <laughs> coming, <laughs> back to, well, we're, we're going last but by no means least, Chisanga. Okay, guys. So actually, at the top of the podcast, we, we're actually talking about the, uh, well, the the homoeroticism of the middleweight division between Israel Desanya and Paulo Costa. And that's led me back to. A former UFC middleweight champion who has been on the sidelines since last July, and that fighter, of course, is Luke Rockhold. Now, Luke Rockhold, obviously, in his last fight, he came up short against Jan Blachowicz in devastating fashion. And recently, he, I think it was just a couple of days ago, he just uh, confirmed that his intention that he he still wants to fight again that there's still a fire burning in him and i caught up with luke not too long ago to talk to him about that so have a listen to him and see what you think for his what he said there of the daily star and daily express here with former ufc and strike force middleweight champion luke rockhold luke how are you doing today i'm doing well just just trying to make the most of the quarantine 
Yeah, and that leads me on to my, my next question. How has quarantine been for you guys over in the States? I'm, I'm not too sure where you are at this moment in, in, in time. Are you in L.A. or whereabouts? Are you yeah, this? I'm here. I'm here in, Lo- here in Los Angeles, yes. Um, I'm good. You know, it's uh, I, I had surgery not too long ago, so it's it's just been a, a time for I can try to stay contained and, and heal up and do the best I can. I can't really do too much working out right now, so just trying to, trying to relax and... Uh, stay somewhat productive here and are you quarantining with friends or family or are you just in isolation by yourself uh yeah um a couple couple friends we've we brought in friends in and uh and i have a, a friend that i live with here so between the three of us we've been able to mix it up you know i think that's three is good two's two's trouble and the in the quarantine three's good good dynamic <laughs> can break well, it up I, I i found three was a bit much my best friend was actually living with me for well, ended up two uh, two months, and it ended up being a strain on my girlfriend and my and on ourselves. So I think two we're happy with two right now. But <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway, uh, good dynamic. Everyone, everyone holds their own over here. Pardon? I said everyone holds their own over here. It's a you know everyone's well you know we all work in different departments, but yet we all work together too. So it's good. That's good. That's good. So we're here to talk about your new project, Cage Fight with Worlds Collide. First of all, how did this uh, project fall into your lap? And has acting been something that you've thought about doing for a long time? Um, you know, I, I've, I, I've, I've like, I never really wanted to open the door so early on. Excuse me, sorry. No worries. Yep. So many old Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I uh, I thought about it, um, but you know, knowing I was going to take some time off from fighting, uh, it was uh, it was a good way to stay busy and to kind of keep keep myself entertained and and, uh, and productive. So, um, you know, I'm just entertaining it, trying it out, and, and and it's fun. You know, it's not acting is is acting. You're not you know, mm-hmm. it's not real life for me. It's like that's always been my thing is is uh is doing something that really kind of gives you has gives you passion and gives you some level of fulfillment that's real um acting's fun but you need you needed that that substance before that's something that really meant something which is fighting and, and reaching certain goals in life so playing a fictitious character doesn't always you know give you that that same feeling no i i can imagine so and was this something that you auditioned for or was was it just the project forwarded on to you um, I have, I have a representation, so um, they they've thrown things on my on my plate, and uh, this a lot I just you know I don't acknowledge, but this one sounded quite interesting, especially as a first gig coming into like a fighting movie seemed very fitting and easy and and comfortable. Um, I read for it, and they liked they liked uh, what I did, and and. Uh, I had a I had a meeting with the uh, with the directors and and everybody and uh, everything went well and, and so I ended up going out there and, do, and doing the flick. It was, it was a good experience, fun time. Knowing Chuck was in it and all the other characters, it was a uh, you know it, it was definitely a good good uh, first introduction. And I was about to ask, was Chuck's inclusion did that kind of make it a bit of a no-brainer? Uh, I mean it it, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. You know, Chuck's always been there for me from the beginning of fighting and so uh it's cool to cool to get in there with them and, and mix it up and without giving away too much because obviously the film comes out i do believe next friday 
what what is the what is the synopsis of the film and what in, what is your character's role? I do believe you call, play a character called Tommy Gunn. Yeah, Tony Tony Gunn is my character. Tony, Tony Gunn, sorry. Tony I Gunn, I think it's, it's yeah. Uh, it's fairly self-explanatory. You know, worlds collide, um, cage fighters. So you have the you know the the professional wrestler coming in to play. You know, coming in to to test his <coughs> his. Uh, his sword in the, uh, in the, in the, in the octagon and the fighting thing and, uh, coming on and taking on one of the, the great champions of the sport. Um, you know, a little back and forth tussle and, and a couple, a couple fights within that realm. And, and, uh, you have a good story, you know, I'm not sure exactly what I can release exactly, but, um, it's, it's a good storyline. you know, Tony Gunn comes in, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm one of his coaches that, that comes into play at some point in the, along his path and, uh, for better, for worse. Um, I think he, he he gets the he gets something out of it. So um, I'm not gonna say I'm the nicest guy, but you know, Tony Gunn Tony Gunn's got a nice ring to it, right? You can kind of yeah. get a, get a vision of, of where what what a character like that would be. So um, yeah, I feel I feel like I did all right. I'm interested to see obviously see how it all unfolds. Mm-hmm. And 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 how much did it feel like you were, were acting when you were playing the coach? Because obviously you've had two great coaches in your career and Javier Mendez and uh, Henry Hooft. Were you throwing out any pointers that you were, that they give you or? Um, you know, is it, there, there, there is some level of a script, so I have to, I have to follow <laughs> <laughs> some, some of that. But, you know, I was able to kind of rework it and to make it a little more realistic and, and feel good on my end too. So um, coming, obviously taking from my coaches like I've always have. So um, I put, maybe put a little, little on it, but um, I'm not sure my role was exactly to be the, uh, the most influential. Okay. I see. Now more, more, just more, just making my mark on, on, on the storyline, I guess. Okay. I see. Now a a lot of fighters and mixed martial arts in in particular, they have a go-to film that got them into martial arts. What was your film when you were growing up that made you want to chase being a martial artist? Bloodsport. Bloodsport, yeah. Bloodsport was the uh, was definitely the uh, the one that pushed me over the edge. They, uh, I mean, of course, I, I I got involved in some of the old Bruce Lee and, and Chuck Norris, and all those. But um, Jean Claude was my was my guy for sure. I mean, that Bloodsport was 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 everything for me. Yeah, especially when when he's when he's got the stuff in his eyes and he's doing the whole thing like that. It's it's pretty cool. It's, it's in my top three of martial arts films. Yeah. What's your favorite Jean Claude uh, Van Damme film? Whilst we're on the topic, that's Bloodsport for sure. That's, for sure. <laughs> yeah. that. that's why that's why I learned how to kick, do the splits. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. It was it was just a classic film, you know, and and uh, you know, you always wanted to be that like. That guy kind of righting the wrongs of people. So that was that was how I grew up, and and uh, that was the mindset behind my journey in, in martial arts. And you touched on it at the start of the interview there that you said that you had surgery. What was the what was the injury? What was the surgery on? Sorry. Uh, I was on my my labrum, my rotator cuff, my right shoulder. It was just it was it was getting worse and worse in training camp, and I tried to tried to just battle it, battle through it, but the little tear just kind of kept exceeding and so i got i had a cortisone shot before the fight try to try to cover it up but mm-hmm. and series of stem cell shots but nothing really took and it never repaired so i finally had to bite the bullet and get it done 
And and also, whilst we're on the topic of injuries, how is your how is your your left shin? Is that totally grafted over? Is that totally fine now? I mean, it's it's probably it's as good as it's gonna get. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's still susceptible. I would say, of course. I mean, just it, it's weakened position. You know, it's it's in the main contact point of where your shin makes contact in, in any real kick. So, I mean, there would be some level of a worry about it, but it's, I mean, since since last year, since the fight, it's definitely come a long ways. You know, it's been able to kind of get those layers of a derma kind of sealed up a bit. But beforehand, it was it was definitely, I, I was I was you know it was a, it was worried, it was a worrisome area for sure, and that's why I covered it up for the fight and tried to I didn't want that to open up because it's if that were to open up again, it'd be very dangerous to try to getting it closed and you know having to maybe relate to a graft and different things to, to cover it, which is not exactly what I'm trying to do. No, that's, that's very true. Now, you, you touched on it there. It's almost been a year. It, it'll be a year in the summer that you, we last saw you fighting. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a, a status or an update that you can give on, on your fighting career? Are you still keen to fight at this moment in time? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not happy with <clears throat> my last couple outings, of course. Um, and uh, I think that there's a lot of weight issues coming back and forth and cutting too much weight and hurting myself in, in the uh, UL fight. And then just, I'd say, not not, a, not stylizing my fight right, going up in weight and, and trying to muscle things around. And, and uh, I, I kind of screwed myself in the last fight, trying to push and direct myself too hard for takedowns and then getting the blood in your arms and, and you know, having that deadness you know, coming into the stand-up and just being, getting caught. And uh, so it's just, you know, I got I to gotta just get comfortable, get, get in the gym. But the time away is definitely, it's, it's felt, it's, it's been nice. You know, I've never really, like, stepped away from, uh, you know, I've had layoffs in, in the, in, inside the octagon, but I've always been in the gym and always been working and doing this and that. So um, it's been nice in the last 15 years to really kind of just get away um, and just let the body heal up all in all so tuning tuning the tuning the body in and uh i definitely have a little a little bit of fire in me still and it's just whether you know where i want to direct it and how how things politically work out too with everything so it's uh it takes a lot to go step back in there now it, it it seems that you you are pretty pretty dead set on on returning to the cage is is there anyone in particular that, that you're eyeing up at this moment in time um, you know, uh, something interesting, something, somebody who's, who's, uh, who gets me excited for, for a fight, for sure. I mean, I know Weidman was talking and, and running in it. If he were to, to come out on top of this fight, he puts himself into an interesting place. Um, you know, I'm not opposed to, you know, Anthony Smith is, is, seems to have a very, <coughs> it seems to dislike me quite, quite quite so much so um mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting to, to set that i like that stylistic matchup i think it's uh i think it suits me well so i, I you know it just it's really about finding a, a where i want to go i want to get back in the gym i want to eat exactly i want to eat right and just see where my body goes weight wise and uh let's see what's up anderson silva's is always a fight i've wanted too yeah that was something that you you, you chased for for a long time because it seemed you're 
going on a tour of taking out Brazilians for a while. And I know you wanted the Anderson fight for a long time. Um, I know he's just had surgery, but he, it, I think he says he might want to fight in the end of the year. That would line yeah. up perfectly, right? I like that. I like that. It sounds like he's still, his head's still in it. And, uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know you say that you're keen to return to the octagon already, but given the accolades that you've already received in your career, I mean, you've strike force middleweight champion, UFC middleweight champion. What left do you feel that you, you have to prove? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I just, I just, there's certain fights I want and, and I don't like the way I've, uh, I've, I've ended things as of late and I know I can, I know I can do better than that. And so I like to just go, go prove this to myself. And one question I've, I've wanted to ask you, um, and indeed everyone at AKA, at AKA, Javier Mendez has turned out champion after champion, yourself included, Daniel Cormier, Habib Nurmagomedov. What do you attribute Javier's success to and the success of the gym to? Um, you know, it's... The mentality that 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 Hav and, and not just him but Bob Cook has has been a big part of that recipe too is just like bringing that mentality of the gym of just a hard work hard work ethic and 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 no you know everyone everyone helps each other it's a family atmosphere too there's not a lot of poisonous people we we allow in and so we've always been able to have that conversation after practice and and really kind of see what everyone's on the same page as that's it's always been the interesting thing is is uh is having our, our little after practice meetings and, and seeing you know what <laughs> what the good and the bad is of the day um and uh and keeping that team unity um i think that's a huge part of of growing all together because we're all there to make each other better and, and that's that's why we've all become who we are is, is when you get everyone Who's who's there to help each other, not hurt each other? Mm. Then then you can all grow together, um, you know. All push each other to that to that to that limit. I mean, it's a it's like a brotherly mentality where you're gonna you're gonna go after your brothers like like no one else. You know? <laughs> but, but at the same time, there's there's no ill will behind it. Yeah. And uh, and so between Bob and Dwayne bringing in all the top talent um, that we've had and. And, and just that iron sharpens iron world and, and that family mentality that that hob and the hard work it's a it's a it's a combination there's no easy recipe to uh to making greatness but um everybody who's come together you know it's just it started small it started obviously with frank and then bj Penn and, and all yeah. these you know it's everyone kind of circulated and sees that you know greatness follows greatness and so that's uh that's where it all kind of originated and came to be okay and uh, a final question for me i've taken too much of your time this morning uh, is there a message that you want to send to your, your fans who want to see you back in the octagon and indeed the middleweight division uh, or light heavyweight division all right man. um you know just just stay tuned i'm uh, i'm getting healthy and then uh once once my body's healthy and allow me i'll i'll be uh i'll be in full full effect and uh and on a path to getting back in this cage and doing what I need to do, doing what I do to bet, doing what I do best. All right, Luke. Thank you very much for the time today. I really do appreciate. It. Congratulations on the inaugural movie role, and uh, stay safe. And we're back, guys. So 
Luke Rockhold, former UFC and Strikeforce middleweight champion. Let's not forget that. He's lost three of his last four, all via stoppage. What's your thoughts on him coming back? And what's your thoughts on, well, I think, uh, I, I don't want to say necessarily a number of holes in his game that he has or just some issues and some uh, some slight problems that he can rectify. So, Mike, I'm going to come to you first. I'm terrified. Luke Rockhold, Luke Glass Chin oh. Rockhold. Let's just call it what it is. You can't you can't actually strengthen that chin, Luke. I don't know what you intend to do in coming back. I don't know who you intend to fight. I don't know what challenges you feel as though you're going to find um, that are going to be in your wheelhouse. But I think it's a bad, bad idea. And I haven't really got anything positive to say because of the bad stoppages that we've seen and the fact is Luke Rockhold has a fairly lucrative career in modeling he's not going to keep that modeling career um, any longer if he continues to first of all get his face rearranged but secondly I mean I doubt he'll have his faculties um, about him if he does continue to take losses in the way that he has Mm -hmm. done of late but Mike uh, going off that, or to, to counter that point, do you not think that it's something that could uh, that he could change? Like he could change because it seems he's susceptible to uh, to the left hand at this moment in time. Yes. And many people, many people, um, I'm going back to uh, let's say, okay, so when Alistair Overeem lost to Travis Brown, I I think his fight afterwards mm. was uh, was Junior Dos Santos, but he changed his game plan completely, his stance, his distance. And okay, he he kind of became running man or what have you. But over him is proof that you can you can change your style to protect your chin and still have success. Do you not think that Luke, a, a former two promotion champion, could do that? It's a bit difficult to see how he does that, given all that's kind of like flashing in my mind. All that's kind of like you know. In, in, in the back of my memory are the, mm-hmm. the massive losses. I mean, Jan Blakowicz, KO loss. Yo Romero, KO loss. Michael Bisping, KO loss. Now, bearing in mind, Michael Bisping hardly trained for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, given that, yeah. um, that was a sweet victory as well because them two had like serious beef. Um, a Brit, by the way. <laughs> Preach. I'll let you know. And a Brit who actually held uh, a belt aloft. Anyway, um, that was Michael Bisping, <laughs> just in case you missed it. I just can't get out of my mind those brutal KO losses. And, you know, David Branch, um, I don't know. Okay, that was a, what, TKO submission to punches. I, I'm struggling to see who he'd come back to fight mm-hmm. is my main thing here. And I'm struggling to see past those KO uh, Kairos. losses. Right, Luke is. I know uh, he spoke to the guys. Submission Radio. Shout out to Dennis and Casper all the way over in Melbourne, Australia. He spoke to Submission Radio and he said that he likes the look of Darren Till and Jack Hermanson. What's your thoughts on those potential fights? Those are excellent matchups for him. Y'all are tripping about Luke Rockhold and his chin. Okay, he has three knockout losses what? in the past what three years. Come, what, where were y'all when Jake Ellenberger was getting sent to the cosmos every other fight? No one was talking about Glassjaw or that he should retire. Mm-hmm. That man, fought, I was, I was, I was too. But I that was. wasn't the general consensus, though. <laughs> Let's be real for a second. Let's be real for a second. People were not saying he should retire. No, they're like, no, Jake's an excited fighter. Let him yeah. do it. There are people with worse knockout streaks. Diego had a period of time. You had Chris's. Chris's knockout streaks are, is worse than Luke's. Chris has like five knockout losses. Have any of and these people free. rebounded, though? Yeah. 
Chris finally rebounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get okay. out of here. No, as I, as I, as I said beforehand, Overeem. Overeem's yeah. a prime example. Overeem, but like that man, I love Alistair Overeem, the Demolition Man. But he's been stopped an ungodly amount of mm-hmm. times. It's we're talking double digits, double digits in MMA, but- I think, and double digits, or and, and not double digits in kickboxing, in, including his kickboxing career. But, but he's come back. He's adapted. Me, can can we compare the two? Let's compare Overeem mm-hmm. and Luke Rockhold. What has Overeem done differently than Rockhold? Hasn't Overeem switched camps? Uh, yes, and so is Luke to a certain. It's, he's between Sanford MMA and mm-hmm. AKA. Okay, I know good. he still is that, AKA as well. Good. But that's good. I think that's good because he. I think he needs to make change. I think that mm-hmm. if Luke Rockhold wants to be successful, it can't just be because I I just want to come back to the game. If he doesn't address mm-hmm. that left side of his body that he can't seem to protect and the chin that seems to be deteriorating, yeah. and also it's also his fight IQ. Mm-hmm. When he decided to grapple with um, Jean, I can never say his last name, Mike, you got me, Jean Blackovich. I just didn't I was like oh my god he's he's stronger than you you cannot take him down what is the game plan like what is going mm-hmm. on and it's just like when he's supposed to grapple he does not when he grapples it's against someone that he can't take down and he insists on taking them down it's called it's fight IQ and also too are we also going to address that I think that when you get knocked out a lot over and over again you have to address that psychologically you can't just take time off yeah. and go ride a fucking cow and unload it on instagram with a cowboy hat yo he manhandled that cow though that's impressive he did manhandle it but i'm yeah. hoping too that he is addressing the defensive holes and also the psychological yeah. issue of losing in front of millions of people over and over and over again in a horrific fashion that takes a toll on most athletes not just physically but emotionally so if he's not dealing with Mm -hmm. that which i don't know him yeah from what i'm seeing on twitter i just see him being like i'm back and i want jack hermanson why how do you know you're back how do you how are you feeling are you confident again and he's not saying that he's just kind of being a jerk again he's just kind of like i'm back gee well Disrespectful to Luke, y'all act like we weren't talking about him being the second coming on his title reign. We, there when were he people. Oh, come on, yeah, yes. no, yeah, yeah. He's oh, not that person. Get out of here. Person. He can still be that person. He's hit minor hiccups, three losses, one to a light heavyweight. Yeah. Guys, come on. He shouldn't have been. A, he was going through an and identity crisis. And if he doesn't address the issues that got his ass on the floor four times and jumping in between weight classes, if he does not address that, it will keep happening. And I'm just not really convinced that he has addressed that. And with, and I'm not, just from what I'm saying, I'm not, I don't know him. He's, his feet might be up at a therapist. He mm-hmm. might be with a sports psychologist. I don't know. But I just think there's a lot to address, and the game is moving while he was riding a bull and dealing with this. Like, those, I, those I, men he's calling out don't need none of the shit that I'm talking about. Right yeah. so. You're correct, but I'm going to tell y'all straight up right now, mm-hmm. he's unranked. And I can rattle off a list of names right now of people he can beat of the ranked fighters. Yeah. That's who he yeah, needs to do, not Jack Hermanson. And, I agree. Um, okay, all right. Yeah. So in, in, in the conversation, as you guys heard with Luke, he also mentioned that – He'd be interested in fighting Chris Weidman, Anderson Silver, who I, I think they're 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 at the same stage of their careers as as Luke as well because I know Luke is thirty five or thirty six, yeah. so he is entering the twilight of his yes. career, and um, and Anthony Smith. So are are those fights that he should really be looking at? Really, 
I, 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 I think so. I think so. so. It just made me nervous when he was like, you know, like when he called out like the top dudes, and I get that you have to be hella confident, but it's just like, why don't you mm-hmm. baby steps, Luke? You know, beat up Chris Weidman, and then beat up you know someone else, and then make your way to the Jacks and the Killers up there. You gotta come mm-hmm. back strong first, and then I would say start calling out the you know those these dudes because it's like we don't know which Luke is coming back. Mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. talked about coming back quite a few times. You know, remember when he was I forget who he was fighting, but he was talking about John Jones and how well he matches up with them and then he got smoked. If that's the Luke that comes back, yeah. we're in trouble. So But doesn't that worry you, Chisanga? He's he's looking at a sea of killers. And what does he do? He points to the lamest of the dogs and he said, I'll have that one. Yeah, that one with okay. the broken leg. Yeah, I'll have that one. Oh, that one who's uh, psychologically ruptured because he's been back-to-back Mike, lots, losses. I'll have fighting. that one. Why I feel that I'll way when Marvin one. Vittori calls out Chris oh, Weidman. I'm kind of like, why are you calling out Chris Weidman, Marvin Vittori? Sit down. I know nobody wants to fight you, but I feel that way about that call-out. I feel like Luke and Chris are the same, like, struggling to be great again with weak chins. Let them fight. <laughs> I, I oh, Actually, no, those, those call-outs didn't didn't actually um they they didn't they didn't leave me perplexed or or, or what have you i well obviously him and weidman are are intrinsically linked obviously they were the rematch was meant to happen at ufc 199 mm-hmm. so that's why people still want to see that um the anderson fight i know he's been chasing that for a while because he did go there was a time when he was beating like uh brazilians or trying to go in this brazilian bashing tour or what have you and the anthony smith fight those two have been talking mad shit to each other for a while so yeah there's 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 valid reasons for all three so i've i i get i i get your point i see where you're coming from mike but i don't i don't think he's just looked at mm. the he's not done what lions do in or hyenas do in the uh in the jungle and go for the weakest of the pack <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that one is tough. Yeah. What do y'all want? G told y'all that he should be fighting people. Who I, are like, I, the, I'm fine with that call out. I think it's gross yeah. that Marvin I, it, called out Chris Weidman. I'm fine with Luke yeah. calling it out. The poor man's been scraped off the floor four times. Let him fight Chris Weidman. You know what I'm saying? Look. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Look. I. Okay. I, Kyrus, I I agree with you. There is. I. I, I I don't know what it is in amongst mixed martial arts fans in in their attitudes towards Luke Rockhold. Part of me thinks it because he's kind of like you know the the kid at school that can do everything. So like he's this he's this good looking good looking guy who's a model who's also a fighter. And yes, obviously he's arrogant. And obviously that rubs people up the wrong way. But he's a I think. <laughs> well, you forgot you, uh, Luke Rockhold is fine too. Like I think people forget that somebody so fine and so yeah, awkward and, is a I, sex I, symbol. Like the men hate uh, on MMA sex symbols. I keep trying to tell y'all this every week on the show. And yeah, that's, that's what, not that, true. That, that's, y'all can't. Y'all gotta stop throwing uh, us men like that. Y'all hold on. Let's. I'm glad. Not all men. Do I have to not all men you? Please no, tell no, me. No, I'm not doing not all men. Not all men. No, it's not the not all men thing. That's not what I'm focused on. This is in high school where you're you're being mean to a girl that you like or oh I'm gonna talk down about no this ain't that come on no come, but y'all come on. Okay, men no. be jealous no, no, remember no. the Masvidal remember when I went off on the Masvidal thing that shit is so true you brought up Henry Cejudo and I kindly had to say don't nobody want to fuck Henry that's why he has to make pillows and do all types of shit <laughs> you see me say it again Kevin Luke Rockhold is the same way that man oh is fine y'all 
Yes, he is fine. So is Jorge Masvidal. But that's not the reason why I'm hating on him. But I'm <laughs> not talking about no, like it's it's a... I be hating on Kevin. I'm just, I don't think most dudes are hating on him because it's like, man, he's fucking more women than I am. That makes me upset. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's yeah, that type of, I don't Cars, think it's Cars. that mentality. I, I think it's just pure envy. It's just like all the girls yeah. like him. I'm telling you. It's a contributing factor, 100%. Yeah. Okay, you 100%. Know what? Yeah, I could like, be wrong. I could be wrong here. I could be wrong. It's, yeah. No, we're just not talking uh, about said, he... you. We're not talking. You're not the guy that feels that way. You know what I mean? But there are guys out there that are like, this sucks. He gets That's all the weird. girls. <laughs> That's just yeah, weird. There, there, are, there are people out there. Because, look, again, again, he's almost like the the uh, the captain of the football team or whatever who can do everything. He's a surfer, this yeah, fighter, this model. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, so I think that's what – obviously, he's arrogant to, like – and. Okay, arrogant, very confident, but yeah, those things are definitely contributing factors yes. in like we I mean, loads of other. We would not be talking about him as much if he yeah. looked like shit. I'm trying to tell you, looks play a huge part yeah, in how exactly. people are perceived. Okay, exactly. You know how many times right. my friends? You, you know how many times Kairos? I'm gonna make this a little personal. You know how many times my friends are like, Gina, stop complaining about men be tripping off how you look. If you look like Rosie Dam O'Donnell, they wouldn't be saying shit. They say it all the time. I get annoyed, you know, because I'm male presenting. Yeah. Guys be like, you trying to be a dude, or or they be like, oh, you probably get all the girls. Awkward. And I always complain about that. My friends are like, if bitch, if you was ugly, they wouldn't say shit. And that's how it is. If if Masvidal was butt ass ugly, he wouldn't be able to get away with a lot of the stuff that he's doing. It's just society, unfortunately. Mm. And I think that applies to Luke Rockhold. <laughs> Men be hating on him hard. <laughs> Okay, obviously Luke Rockhold is one of the standouts uh, uh, American Kickboxing Academy, which leads me nicely into my segue of my recent chat with American Kickboxing Academy head coach Javier Mendez, in which we previewed Daniel Cormier's trilogy fight with Stipe Miocic, which, of course, headlines UFC 252 in the early hours of Sunday morning for us in the UK, but Saturday night for you guys in the United States. Here's Javier. tumultuous few months for the entire world due to this uh COVID-19 pandemic how have things been for you personally and at AKA uh horrible <laughs> horrible it's only source of income is is the gym and, and we've been closed since uh March 16th mm-hmm. we haven't been able to open since so so not good yeah, I, I I can imagine so because you like your like like many other coaches across the across the globe right now are are feeling the squeeze from not being able to have the the general public come in. So no, so what, not even the fighters. I only have a few fighters come in. Uh, only only uh, fighters that have fights. So there's only been a very very few uh, that come in. Uh, I, I can't have a whole bunch of them here. Only only a little bit at a time. Mm. And initially, what was the the the, well, the initial lockdown in uh, San Jose like? Um. Well, I mean, when it first happened, I mean, I was at home. I didn't even open up for any fighter. I was there at, at home for a whole month without going anywhere. And then I got so stir crazy just staying at the house that, that I started coming to the gym. And then one of my fighters, Gabriel Moga Benitez, had a fight. So then I started opening up for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, little by little, a few other guys got fights, so then I'd be there for them. But it was horrible, man. I gained like 
twenty something pounds being at home for that month it sucked. Uh, I I think you're you're like pretty much everybody else across the world during this lockdown as well. Everybody's put on weight, myself included. So you're yeah. you're, you're not alone. You're not alone in that. So you say that you're you're you've obviously obviously Daniel Cormier is fighting uh, next weekend, but you've slowly but surely started integrating fighters back into the gym now. Yeah, not too many. Like Daniel didn't train in the gym only a few times. He mostly trains at home. He's uh, he's got his garage. He set up his garage, his own training regiment. Brings the guys there, and so he doesn't really come here. Most of Daniel's training has been in his garage. I would say maybe at the gym here six times. Okay, well that's that that's very insightful. And you 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 touch on Daniel's preparations for the camp. Obviously, he's rematching Stipe Miocic next uh, next weekend at UFC two fifty two. How has this training camp been for, for this fight, especially considering all the extenuating circumstances? Considering everything that's going on, it's actually going better. Uh, he, his, his, number one, his back's no longer hurting him, so there's no back issue. There's no catch-up, trying to get in shape issue. Uh, it's, uh, he's been 100% healthy, so it's all a matter of, of just... You know, uh, uh, you know, getting in, in sparring shape and ready to go fight shape. You know, dropping the weight. You know, and uh, he's doing all of that, so he's on track better than he was uh, for the last fight. Okay, and obviously with this with this pandemic, you, you touched on it there that you haven't really had the gym open that much. But has there been any difficulty in getting any training and sparring partners for Daniel due to the pandemic? No, there hasn't been a problem with that. He's he's got uh, uh, he has flown a couple people in. Uh, Marcus Puchecha, who's a thirteen-time world uh, jiu-jitsu champion, is like Luke Rockhold, Ken Velasquez, come help. Uh, Corey Anderson, uh, he's bringing Corey Anderson uh, to spar. Um, so no, he's had no. He's no. That hasn't that hasn't stopped it. The only thing that pandemic has done is it's uh, made it smaller as far as the amount of people that are around him. Very small. And you, you, you touched on, on smaller there. So this uh, next weekend's fight, sorry, is going to be taking place in a 25-foot octagon rather than a 30-foot octagon. What's your thoughts on the fight taking in, in, a, in place in a cage that's five foot smaller than usual? I always thought it wouldn't make a difference because, you know, uh, 25 is still huge. Mm-hmm. You can still move around a lot, but, but I'm not a fighter anymore, so I, I don't realize that maybe it's an advantage for the grappler or the guy that wants to come in and punch, you know, the mover and not some, the, the, the 30 foot cage. Is it 30 foot and 25? Is that what it is? And that's correct, yes. Okay, so then the 30 foot for a mover is better. The, so 25 is not as good as, as 30, obviously. So I would think this is more of a, of a grappler, puncher type uh, uh, octagon than, than, than it is of a mover. Mm-hmm. And have you guys been, well, have you been trying to factor that into your training at all, the, the fact that you'll be competing in a small octagon? No, because we compete in smaller and smaller cages than it is anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, you know, this garage is no bigger than what we have here. So, <laughs> he, you know what I mean? So, and he's, he's sparring there. Is a 20, 20 by 20. Okay, I see. So, moving on to the the matchup itself, many people believe that this fight will be the fight that crowns the greatest heavyweight of all time. Do you agree with that? You know, Stipe's record, I mean, he's got a great record. You know, they both have great, uh, you know, resumes as heavyweights. Uh, Daniel's never even lost any rounds until Stipe, you know, as a heavyweight. Never lost a round. 
you know. So you consider everything that they both done as heavyweights. Uh, I would say, yeah, hundred percent, the greatest heavyweight of all time is the winner of this this uh, this fight. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, well, in comparison to uh, his heavyweight career in, in well, in comparison to his light heavyweight career in the UFC, sorry, Daniel's heavyweight career in the UFC has been very short. Now, I've seen some people raise debate in saying that the fact that he hasn't competed at heavyweight in the UFC for so long means that he might not lay claim to the title of greatest of all time. What's your thoughts on that? Okay, my my thought on that is this. What makes the greatest heavyweight of all time have to be in, in the UFC, per se? I mean, like what he's done as a heavyweight is impressive as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, you gotta you gotta consider uh, when he fought for Strike Force and he was a heavyweight there. Remember that was UFC too. Yeah. So people are forgetting that. <laughs> they, 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 you, gotta, you gotta add that. I'm sorry, it's UFC. So whether you like it or not, you, you know you better count the Frank Mir fights, the Josh Barnett fights. You have mm-hmm. to count those fights. You have to because it was it was the UFC. Sorry. No, that's 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 very true. Those are two, Josh Barnett. Well, those are two former UFC heavyweight champions as well. So people, as you say, do they do forget that just because it was in the under the Strike Force banner? Yeah, it's, it's a UFC. It's a UFC bought company. So guess what? Those those records because it's a UFC, they have to count. You can't you can't say oh that was for no 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 that's UFC. So. You know, it's a, their records come from if from WEC or wherever it comes from there too. You know, like WEC, you know, you can't discount that uh, on a UFC, and they don't. Like when, when Cowboy Cerrone, he was a WEC champ, and and Jose Aldo was a WEC champ before he became w, uh, you know UFC champ. They didn't discount WEC; they counted that too because that's the UFC uh, a bot organization. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Stipe managed to exact revenge on Daniel. Uh, well, this time last year, it was last August they last fought. What adjustments, if any, do you think Daniel needs to make to get the win over Stipe again? He just needs to fight the way he's supposed to fight. He fought the, the perfect fight the first round, then he neglected it, and the second round, and then he neglected it even more the third round. Mm-hmm. So he needs to get back to what 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 you know what he does best. You know, he, he you know, and and uh, he didn't do that. He has a tendency to to do that sometimes and, and it's just got to get him on track and getting him to fight properly and uh, getting motivated and I think uh, if I'm not mistaken watching him train watching him talk he's more motivated for this one than the first or the second one okay and, but my my observation from from that fight was that obviously Daniel was having success with his hands and it kind of seemed that he fell in love with that Is, would you say that's a fair statement I say yes <laughs> 100% and we were screaming the opposite. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you're, you're correct. He fell in love with his hands, and we didn't. you know. And then when Stipe got that beautiful body shot, and he kept hitting that same shot over again with precision, I mean, man, hey, you got to give it to Stipe. That was incredible what he did to pull it out like that because he wasn't winning. He was losing. He was losing, but he never gave up on himself, and he never stopped trying. And once he hit that home run with the body shot, he kept going for that 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 uh that body shot in in a very smart manner he didn't just key in on it he, he keyed in on on winning the striking but he when that body shot was open he'd shoot it and he got it at home run every time mm-hmm. now daniel daniel cormier last 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 march he said that he'd be retiring by his 40 well he would be retired by the time he was he was 40 he's obviously 41 now and i know going into this fight he's 
he said that this will be the last one. Do you think that he's making the right call to retire now, considering how good he's looked in his last few fights? I, I wanted him to, to actually retire uh, before the, 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 the last fight. You know, before the, the second fight with Stipe, I wanted him to retire. Obviously, you know, he does what he wants to do, and he continued. And, you know, and, and I, I would have been fine if he retired already, but you know full well he can't retire with a loss like that. So he wants to fight again. And my feeling on this one is if he is victorious on this fight, uh, and the way Dana has been talking, there's going to be a big money fight for him mm-hmm. after this fight with somebody. And I, I just don't know if Daniel's going to be able to walk away with all the boatload of money that Dana's going to throw at him. If he, if he should be victorious. I think whoever is victorious, Dana's going to throw a lot of money at them on their next fight. And uh, I, I think it, it's it, it may be a scenario where you say, oh, you know, I think Daniel should retire, but will he? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he thinks he is, but uh, like I said, if they offered him a lot of money, I, I don't know if he can de- deny that. Especially if if they give him against somebody that's beaten them before. Yeah. So you, you, you on my next question there. I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on Daniel potentially closing out his career without a trilogy fight against John Jones? But judging from how Dana's been speaking. It seems that potentially he might want a third fight with John. I think you know the fact that uh, yeah, I think I think if he's victorious, and I think uh, if if Jones is moving up to heavyweight at some point, and I think that you know Jones has been wanting more money, you know, for for fighting at heavyweight, and the UFC hasn't budged because it, the numbers don't make sense for them. I think personally, if Daniel is victorious or Stipe, uh, but let's call Daniel because my guy. So Daniel is victorious, which I'm hoping, and I and I feel we will be. Um, there's going to be a huge, a huge deal there available if if Jones was to move to heavyweight because that would be a way way bigger fight than it was at light heavyweight. So it would kind of give Jones what he wants and deserves, you know, a big giant payday in DC. Uh, gives him an opportunity to correct the wrong at, at a weight that he's more comfortable. So in other words, they'll kind of reverse roles. As a light heavyweight, DC wasn't at his best. You know, he was best at heavyweight. And, and Jones, um, who knows how he'll do as a heavyweight. He may do great. I don't know. But definitely know one thing for sure. DC is a better heavyweight than he is a light heavyweight. Okay, guys, we're back. And... As you heard Javier say there, um, he wasn't really happy with Daniel Cormier's uh, decision to deviate from the game plan in uh, in both their fights. Uh, what did you make of uh, of that? And what did you make of Javier saying that he hopes that Daniel sticks to the plan to get the victory around victory second victory this time? I don't think enough is being said about Stipe's actually adjusting mid fight. Mm-hmm. You can't negate that. You can say all that you want to kind of take the shine of the fact that this man's fight IQ is way up there. Now, enough of this didn't stick to the plan. I need to see more shine on the fact that this is a man, Stephen this is a man who actually just showed his craft, showed his skill, made those adjustments, and as you do in a championship fight, came home basically with the championship belt mm-hmm. yeah no that that's that, that's a very valid point all right kairos what are your thoughts on that um realistically like i know there's always this conversation regarding 
uh, DC and Stipe, and it's always the people saying, guys, Daniel Cormier and Stipe is so competitive, blah, blah, blah. In terms of competitive of individual rounds, yes, these rounds were close. In terms of scoring these rounds, these fights weren't close. Stipe Miocic has won one round of the Thank fights you, that they have fought. He has won one round of the <laughs> five you. or six rounds that they have fought. Daniel Cormier moved away from that game plan because he was putting those knuckles to Stipe's eyes. And I'm not Thank talking you. about the eye pokes. Yeah. Move the eye pokes out of this. They were eye poking each other. They've been eye poking each other. It's funny how y'all only point out DC's eye pokes, but that's none of my concern. I'm gonna keep my head moving, keep talking. But listen, if I was Daniel Cormier and I was landing the strikes that he was landing on Stipe, I would have abandoned the game, pl game plan too because he was hitting Stipe with those strikes in the first fight and he went down. So I think yep. DC was thinking mm -hmm. he's going to go down again because he's getting lit up and it just didn't go down like that. But I promise you this, whether he sticks to the game plan or not, as long as he has an answer for what Stipe did last time, he's going to win this fight. He's going to retire or he's going to stay and try and fight Jones again, whatever, because I know Javier said in a few other interviews that they might throw the winner of this money and try and get yeah, them to I've fight John. Yeah, I've been hearing that too. Mm. So, like, I promise y'all this. Yeah. Like, DC, he's he, he got nothing to worry about if he has an answer to Stipe's counter. Wow. Can I jump in on this? Okay. Quick? Yes, GV, of course you can. I totally agree with Kairos. I, I don't feel like outside of Stipe going to the body and making that beautiful adjustment, um, mm. Daniel Cormier dominates and and has shown me that he is the better fighter in in both showings you know i know that sounds strange because he lost the, the last fight but he went i agree with the coach he went off the game plan when dc noticed that he was incapable of knocking stipe out but was still winning the fight it was his own arrogance that caused him to keep going forward and thinking he could still do it what should have happened was i can't knock him out this go time so let me stick to the plan that javier wanted and he would have won you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Stipe was adjusting to Daniel Cormier's arrogance of thinking he could just outstrike him. I don't think that happens next fight, and I think we see a repeat of what Daniel does whenever he fights Stipe is outstrike him and win most of the exchanges and be the fighter that is simply always winning the fight when they fight against each other. I honestly believe that he retires, but he also makes all the adjustments necessary. He listens to his coaches, and he fights smarter, and he wins again. Okay, Jeeb, you said it there um, just before you said you, you, you hope he wins again. Mm -hmm. You think that Daniel's going to retire. Now, Javier also told me, as, as, as you heard there, he thinks that Dana White is going to come with a, a suitcase full of uh, those Benjamins to try convince him to have one more fight, one, one last big fight, whether it be nah. against Francis or whether it be against John Jones. That. Do you think that? Do you think? Do you do you think Dana? Well, all right. Do you think Dana is successful in convincing Daniel to postpone his retirement? Yeah, you didn't see when Dana entertained having Brock Lesnar fight. How he lost his mind at the conference. He couldn't even. He was like a big hyperactive child, and he was just like, "You make so much money if you just <laughs> yeah. fight on Brock's card. You don't even got to fight him." He lost his mind. Yes, but do I think that Dana opens up a suitcase after DC wins? in the cage or something no i think what happens is dc retires he makes he beats stipe it's this big thing and then later on dana's like Psst, hey you want to make some more money and then guess what he comes mm. out of retirement i think that's what happens mm, yeah and i think also yeah. there's a possibility that stipe might be offered some type of you know fight with like francis or maybe john jones you know they still have to um negotiate with john jones and pay him more so they have options you know in this weight class whether no matter who retires or who doesn't and i think dan is going to play with those options am i mm -hmm. the only one who thinks that come saturday night 
when everything and the dust has settled, that we're going to have two fighters who are actually going to be walking away from the cage. I've heard that. <laughs> I thought that too. What, I've why, heard it. Why am I the only, why am I the you, only what, person waving this flag? You, what, what, you think Stipe is going to retire as well? Yes. I think Stipe wants one Man more Man has fight, more passion though. for fighting fires than he does fighting in the octagon. I think he That's wants true. that money fight. I think he wants one more. Yeah, but I was about, I was about to say, yeah, but has he accrued... Uh, enough wealth yep. to retire right now and especially during the midst of this pandemic mike you're forgetting our old friend patty the pandemic he's, he's still here he, he ain't going around no so yeah he might like to fight john jones if he wins and yeah and, exactly and that yeah bang win or lose and make sure he gets that money i think he he wants a super fight before he leaves i think he's going to angle for money but uh, but hmm. Mike, to be honest with you, someone threw that in my mentions yeah. um, not too long ago. Okay. They were like, "Girl, don't be surprised if they both put their gloves down." And Dana don't know what to do. So, I mean, you no. never know. That yes. is word on the street. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the worst case scenario yeah. for them. That'd be because then you know, well, then you could just have John come to the negotiating table like, "Well, pay me my money and I'll fight for the vacant heavyweight title." Yeah, that's, so that's like, why he's really being quiet. People are really playing chess. And did you? And here's another thing. I don't mean to be off topic, but Joanna is also sending out for more money. She fake retired oh, on yeah. IG, and then she also said, "I'm not coming back unless it's for a title and you pay me." And it's really not getting a lot of media coverage, but. All of them are playing their hand with Dana right now. Yeah. Well, Joanna, the only fight that she... Well, she deserves a title fight. It has to be this the Whaley fight again. It has to and be the rematch. she wants money. She wants I mean, money that, for it. Yep. Yeah. And um, why not? You know, before we, we segue away from the um, heavyweight main event, it would be nice if we uh, had a quick canter through the main card. And um, just so that we're clear, because there are going to be some uh, press-ups, or as you uh, Americans say, push-ups, um, to do with the main event and the predictions. Um, anybody care to wager? Uh, Steve Miocic against Daniel Cormier. I'm going with Cormier uh, to win this. I think the old romantic in me says um, he's going to be riding off into the sunset to get the big bag of money or whatever that you guys, violent money that is going to be offered ain't going to happen. But I think he's definitely going to be riding into the sunset with a win, Daniel Cormier. Okay. Yeah, I'm in agreement as well. I'll wager him, we're all on the same side, which isn't that fun. I wish like we had people on the opposite side. Yeah, we all we are all <laughs> on Team DC here. Yeah, we're okay. all Team DC here, right? What Any other runners and riders on the main card that float your boat? For me, Sean O'Malley, I can't wait to see this young man back in action with his brightly coloured uh, Takashi 6 9 hair against Marlon Vera. I think Marlon Vera gets stomped, and he gets stomped early. Yes. Yes. Early. Yes. Oh, that's yes. a, that's yes. a di- This is a chest. disrespect. That's, that's that is a disrespect to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll do push-ups on the duration. Like Let's do push-ups on the duration. This man... Right? This man has never. This man has never been stopped. I was stopped. about to say, what, why what? would it start with yeah, Sean it, O'Malley? Like it's just going to be a barn because burner. Because Sean O'Malley is a beast, heavy-handed beast, mm. and a lot of people I feel are sleeping on his potential to actually, you know, make a very, very quick title run. Oh no, no, of course. Like if if Sean O'Malley Frankie. wins, if Sean O'Malley wins, strap the rocket ship to him. This like the. the they're going to give him somebody, somebody in. The, I don't know where Marlon is ranked right now. I really should do. They'll give him somebody just outside the top five next, and mm-hmm. then if he wins that, it's title shot. A hundred percent. That's yep. the trajectory for Sean O'Malley. Okay. I think I think O'Malley might win. He might get 
a stoppage, but it's not going to be. He's not going to starch yeah, Marlon Vera. That's yeah. that's he's not starching him. <laughs> if if he stops him, it'll be a com- accumulation of strikes. Because Marlon's a durable yeah, guy. Marlon like goes he, hard, he, y'all. He, like he's scrappy. Like like he's yeah. not somebody that you just he, put down easily. Yeah, and I think Sean's going to have some. It's good. Sean's going to have some difficulty figuring him out to yeah. begin with. So I'm slipping uh, on Cheeto a little bit here. I get why y'all yeah. are picking him. I'm leaning towards picking mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley at first. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. was going to pick Marlon Vera, but I'm I'm going back and forth, and I completely understand your pick for Sean. But I I really watch some old footage of Marlon Vera. Like he is tough to put down. He's scrappy, and it's not just that he's scrappy and tough. It's the fight IQ. He's really good at mixing it up and putting your back against a cage, and then then he takes you down. And he's good. He's well rounded. And I think Sean is finally mm-hmm. going to have that test of when somebody stays in your face but can do it all. And I don't think Sean is going to get it done, like, in the first round, no, if he does. Ooh. I'm betting push-ups on this, bro. <laughs> uh, y'all want to do push-ups on this? What are we doing? What's all right. No, I'm paying right. yet, though. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, a hard one for me. Like, I'll be watching footage up until the night before they fight, you know? Like, this is deep. This is, this is razor yeah. close to me. I'm willing to put this in round one. Sean is going to finish him. I will. I will bet. What I'm gonna bet? What fifty push-ups? Oh my oh, god! Whoa! Yeah, I'm gonna bet fifty Jesus. push-ups. I need to write this down. <laughs> I'm not doing fifty push-ups. Obviously, I'm gonna have to break them up into two. <laughs> first. Okay, round, yeah, break them up into two. Yeah. Push-ups. Wow. What are y'all about? Okay. Well, okay, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say first round twenty five push ups. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm gonna do Wait, 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 wait. So if I'm right, y'all Jeez. don't have to do fifty. But if I'm wrong, I have to do fifty. <laughs> I don't think I can <laughs> do fifty. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh <my God>. What? <laughs> How is that? All right. All right. Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. That's. Okay, no, no I'll, I'll I'll take you up on that fifty, Kairos. Yeah, fifty wow. for fifty. I'll, yes. I'll ta- yeah, I I take you up. I take you up on it. Okay, good. Okay. That's how we do. Well, that's how I'm we in do. Them too. I'll have to do them in two sets of twenty-five. That's fine. <laughs> that's how we're doing it. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> yeah. so, Let's go. So maybe two clear, separate just, videos. Just for clarity, <laughs> just for clarity, what we're saying yeah. is, Sean O'Malley starches Marlon Vera in the first, and if we are wrong, uh, Kairos and I, then that's fifty push-ups press-ups for us both yeah okay. yes that is correct okay right that's okay. correct now i'm worried now I think all right another another <laughs> <laughs> watch him finish in the second all right go ahead what's everybody's thoughts on jds against rosenstroik because that's that's kind of a 50 50 fight and obviously we know jds is towards the end of his career but jarzinho literally just had the lights turned off him like yeah. the the soul taken out of him so mm-hmm. and that was only that was only a couple months ago well, that was in that was in june correct yes. yeah when did it yeah yeah it was june or yeah may or june i can't remember yeah but anyway we saw the effect well we saw the effect that francis's punches had on stipe in the daniel cormier fight because I 100% believe that Stipe's, Stipe's brain or, or his head wasn't fully recovered for, uh, from it. And obviously, the, uh, his ability to take shots in the rematch is a testament to that because obviously he took all the DC's mm-hmm. best shots after having a year off to recover. So with Rosenstroik only having a few months, taking on JDS, who is still very heavy-handed, although he's, he's, his chin, I'd say, is somewhat compromised, uh, it's a dangerous fight. 
I don't know who to go with for, for this. I think this is literally a 50-50 as well. Uh, I'm going Rosenstruck all day. <coughs> I just don't trust Junior Dos Santos anymore. After his uh, fights with Curtis Blades and uh, Francis Ngannou, and especially Francis. Yeah. Like, I know Francis is heavy-handed, but that was literally supposed to be the technical old-school JDS verse, like the hungry brawler dude and i really thought he was going to keep yeah. Francis on the outside and and because he's a wonderful kickboxer and a great boxer and he only really struggles when you come forward and you have to lean he's back on his back foot but he's worked on that that was something like back in the day with kane he would struggle with that but now i find in his age that he's struggling with fight iq like that uppercut he kept trying to throw to curtis and francis was just a, a deplorable to me like he's declining <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I just can't trust well, that, him anymore. I'm going to go with yeah. Rosenstroke. I'm going with Rosenstroke as well because I didn't trust Junie DeSantis' uh, chin. Mm-hmm. I just feel a little bit nervous picking JDS because just that sole reason because of his chin and the kickboxing prowess of um, Rosenstroke is something I've been, I've been, I've been yeah, watching um, of late and it's frightening. Yeah. Frightening. I think yeah, there's even, a lot of problems to this. Yeah, even like... Uh, People forget, man. Those two inside leg kicks he landed on Francis early on in the run, man. He, yeah, yeah. Francis That's why his ass charged like forward. He was like, "I'm done with that shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like I'm not yeah, staying in like, that I'm fucking good. range. Yeah. Right. And then JDS and it would have been mistakes he's been making lately. I don't. If he makes a mistake mm. like that against Rosenstroke, it's over. And we saw him do that time and time again. Curtis Blades is known for his wrestling prowess. Didn't he beat up Junior Dos Santos? Didn't he outbox yeah, him because of that uppercut that he kept trying to throw at him, and Curtis adjusted? And oh, he... that mm-hmm. that was the uppercut he landed on uh, on Verdum, yeah, like how many years ago? ago? Some... Twelve yeah, years but, ago, and he's still but it's like his go-to it's, when he fights new and upper yeah, comers. Nah, I'm not picking him. It's, it, <laughs> as, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love JDS. He's he's a, he's a lovely guy and what have you, but I don't think he's going to get the victory here. Yeah, Carlos, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, I think Rosie annihilates him. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, I... Oh wow. Who's who's? Oh, so we're we're pretty much, well, we're pretty much all in uh, in agreement with the, with the picks. It's yeah. just the the manner manner of victory. What about uh, Dodson against yeah. Mirab Dashvili? I'm going with Mirab. John Dodson. Dodson, yeah, Dodson. Oh, you know why? You know why? Because Dodson's just gonna run around the cage like he does all the time. Because that's exactly. all he does. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bro, he does I'm telling you. Oh man. To avoid that kid, yeah, which is gonna suck. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she I'm, said oh, it's gonna man. suck. Yeah. It's good I don't. I don't. And I, I don't like. like it annoys me. It annoys me his veteran <laughs> style of fighting now. I, I remember the, yeah. the, the the fast, bold John Dotson that dropped TJ and yeah. you know did that flip against the cage and stuff. The the older John Dotson, he fights smarter. I get it, but it's not like a, yeah. a you know, it's not tantalizing to me. And I think he's gonna fight like that against Marab, and hopefully Marab can cut him off and, and take him down mm-hmm. and, and smash like he does. But I'm gonna go with Marab. At least when Overeem runs around the cage, even though he doesn't do it as uh, as much as, let's say, like maybe three or four years ago, at least he makes it exciting afterwards. At least he'll still get in, like, have some exchanges or what have you. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to hate on John Dodson or whatever, but I just don't like this this style. Like, I, I remember when I was speaking to Nathaniel Wood, uh, head of their fight, and no, obviously, uh, John stopped Nathaniel, but we were talking about the running style, and it just. <sighs> 
it's it must be frustrating and it, it frustrates me as well because john's got this stupid long hair now and just the way yeah, the way it waves around when he yeah. runs around yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can read the future on his oh head God. the fact is let me just yeah. correct you there's something you just said there kind of like irked me Chisanga. oh what did i say okay. that was an early stoppage man john oh, it was 100 percent 100 percent. it was the early and, stoppage and, yeah and Really, I, I don't see enough people talking about that being an early stoppage. Too many people are too high on John Dodson. For me, I, 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 just, I, just, I just can't but get past what could have been if Nathaniel Wood had beaten him. Imagine that scalp on his record. Yeah, man. man. Anyway, yeah. still salty. Damn. You said, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. When you said high on John Dodson, I was one of those people a few years back. I'm still mad at him and his coach because they were on UFC Embedded. And this was before they were going to fight Demetrius, I believe. And he was like, yeah, we're going to take the 25, the 35, and the 45 pound <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> yo. I was like, you know, maybe he can do. What? 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 Who said? Who said that? Was it? it was it Winkle John or? Uh, I think it was Winkle John. It? I think it was Winkle John. Oh and lord! But it, it wasn't like he said that. It was Dodson said it, and he just was like nodding in the background. It wasn't like he was saying it though. But like he was agreeing. Oh lord! Oh, Dodson's lord. gonna beat him. Y'all are hey. tripping. Dodson's gonna beat Marab. No, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going with Marab. Marab's gonna cut him off, so. and Marab's gonna smash him. Yeah, <clears throat> they're just gonna make it. What that'd be five wins in a row for Marab if he yeah. beats him. Yeah, so guys, how? Yeah, I'm how confident. How sad are you that Ankalav and Kutalab is off the card? I'm pissed. Uh, so you know, there shouldn't even be a rematch. There shouldn't even what? be a rematch for that fight. <laughs> there shouldn't be a rematch for that fight. Because if you play possum, you run the risk. You run the risk no. of having no. that. Someone on Twitter said he's probably lying like, about COVID results too because he played too damn much. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, that's, that's, that's why I be on Twitter, yo. That's funny. They were like, oh check the God, results. Check the results, y'all. He be playing. <laughs> that was the worst stoppage that. ever, though. I'm I'm serious. That might have been the worst stoppage in MMA history. I'm I might die on that. Uh, that was so bad. You have to run it back. Nah, man. And it was competitive. Nah, he, but not, not if you're a ref looking at somebody. Who does look as though they're out on their feet? Not yeah, exactly, yeah, man. If you were in on it, if you were behind the scenes actually game planning that, yeah, of course that was a <laughs> early stoppage. But I could see from the ref's point of view. But to be honest with you, it, it's it's not something which I'm gonna really miss. In oh, all honesty, oh, I'm sold. You, I'm with you. Paris. Run that risk. You, no, you. You you ran that risk and I mean Thank you. The the chicken the chickens came over to Ruth. Re- what rewatch that like, fight? He wasn't landing strikes. That floor he missed no, but, every strike, bro. Y'all are tripping right you, now. Can you imagine that. how mad Ankalov is too? Can you imagine training so hard to have this bum walk across the, the cage, play too damn much, and then when he come out he fake play so much the fight's called? I just wanna see Ankalov just get his evidence. Everlasting glory. I would want to beat Kuntalaba's ass if I was him, and I, I have a feeling no, he you, probably feels that way. Know, I want to see it. I want to see it. Do you know? I would have just been like, "No, I've got the win. It's on my record. See you later." That's what I would have <laughs> done. Because you petty. Keep it petty. <laughs> yeah, that's petty. <laughs> I'm a petty I feel man. You, that's I'm petty. Not, but I feel I'm you. a petty man. But still. 
Sometimes oh, you gotta let the, the, well, the salt burn in the wounds, Jasanga. I get it. Jasanga, like, fuck you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this this goes back to something that I said, I think, last week when we talked about McGregor Khabib. Khabib's just gonna walk away and just let that sting in Connor's wounds for the rest of his life. He kind of deserves so. it, yeah, though. Like, he goes too far. I'd do the same thing. I would be petty in that situation, too. I'd be like, oh, it's time to retire. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that about wraps up the first episode of Shots Fired. We're just literally days away from UFC 252, and somebody's going to be doing some press ups. <coughs> Kairos. And Kairos. I'm built for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm built for it. <laughs> Separate the weak from the opposite. Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn streets. It's on again. Stop all that bickering beat.